This podcast recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studio. And we're back for another week of the SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. Around the table tonight, <coughs> Urban Fly Company's Mark Burns, big man on the board, Chris Sims, <coughs> Jim Franklin, who's been steelheading all day. Looked like it was a fun day. Oh, my face is windburnt. Heck yeah. Um, tonight's guest is Sven Diesel. Uh, we're going to talk to him about some food, you know, with the Super Bowl upcoming. Uh, what a better time to talk some food, right? Yeah. And uh, some he ties some awesome flies, too. Yes, he does. And all kinds of different things. There's not a rock that he doesn't leave unturned, yeah. per se. So we've had him on the podcast before. Ton of fun. Ton of fun to talk to. a few years so. now. Mm-hmm. That was still one of the best intros. Him and Chad going back and forth with the name. Oh, it's hysterical. Sven Sven Fenson. Yeah, I d- yeah, we'll we'll have to see how that all goes <laughs> oh, tonight too. Oh, that great. <clears throat> um, got us some great topics, uh some funny stories, uh some some good, some bad, some Jabe getting mad about things that people do. Uh got a couple airing of grievances tonight, about oh seven boy. of them. Um oh, we're going to review the F3T. We'll talk to Sven. Um I did a little brookie fishing before the F3T. We'll talk about that. Walk on the stream. Caught a few big ones. Um, Jim's been hitting the steelhead stream pretty hard. We'll yeah, talk man. about that a little bit. Um, any other fishing that guys have done. Um, we're going to do a little. I had a maple syrup experience yesterday. It was pretty fun. So awesome. Talk about good. that a little bit. Things I learned. Uh, had some fun sitting around. Some good people. Um, and our Super Bowl picks. Um, we had um, some Q&A. Listener Q&A we're going to talk about as well. Uh, but before we get to all that, Mark, who we brought to you by? We got Sims to get the new uh, spring lineup out. So check out some of the new stuff there. A-Rex hooks, fresh and salt. They got the new uh, pop fix hooks. So also a new one to check out on the A-Rex end. Cortland lines. They just released the uh, new saltwater line, 50 plus. Yeah. Not great for right now, but <laughs> if you're down in Florida, it is. So if you're throwing poppers for GTs or something, perfect line for you. And Yeti, built for the wild. Friends of the show, we have Ryan Evans up at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Schenk at Chippewa River Custom Rods, our buddies over at Muskie Fool, and the Nittany Valley <laughs> Muskie Alliance. Is this going to take the whole show for you to figure out how to turn your volume down again? Yeah, maybe. He's not going to turn it down. No. Uh, ESPN <laughs> was calling me, man. Um, yeah, the boy Pro Bowl. The uh, ish. So something really funny at the la- happened at the end of the last podcast. Well, it was funny for you guys because <laughs> you guys were out of here very quickly. It was great uh, for us. Yeah, it, it, not so good for me. Uh, I wife kinda, was. I kind of skedaddled. Oh my gosh! All right, we'll go get into that. Uh, well, you guys sit around for the you know the end of the game. I was a little loose. Uh, I was being you know Jay usually on you know when he's loose on you know I'm turned up eleven. 14. 14. Uh, even, yeah. I, I mean, the house is shaking as far as that's what my wife said because of my loud voice. So she comes down and proceeds to yell at me, us. Uh, well, I, Mostly I'm lo- you. I, I know. I know. I'm looking up. I'm looking up the steps. You know, we were all being a little loud. It wasn't just me. I think there are other people. That, I mean, I, I know Mark isn't very loud, but, you know, Chris might not talk the quietest. No, I have a loud voice. <laughs> So, I'm I'm looking up at her, and the next thing I know, I look back, <laughs> and the three of you are already <laughs> out the back door. The back door is swinging open. I I couldn't. It couldn't have been peace. 
Oh my gosh, you couldn't have been just uh, five seconds later. I hear trucks firing it up. <laughs> we, we gone. <laughs> Listen, the, you sure were. the look on her face and the fact that she like Spider-Man head leaned down the steps to look at us. Like she didn't even come all the way down the stairs to yell at you. She just shoved her head down there and started yelling. Yeah, we'd probably, probably go. Yeah, we didn't we didn't need any uh, hints or you know, hey guys, maybe it's time to you know get out of here, or quiet down. Uh, by the time you would have got to that, we were halfway around your house. <laughs> you, you didn't have to worry about saying anything else. There's nowhere there to receive it. Yeah, okay. I turn around and say, "See you guys later," and you guys are already. But like I said, the open door. All I can see is an open door. Yeah, like the like the swinging saloon doors yeah. in a Wild West movie yeah. when shit's about to hit the fan. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Oh, but it was funny. Oh, uh, yeah, it's funny now. It's definitely yeah. funny now. It wasn't. F- I my wife is never mad for long. That's one thing. Like we're we're never mad at each other for a very long time. And man, she woke up pissed off the next morning at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, this isn't good. This is what yeah, we're going to do today. Oh we're going to fight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. We did go sled riding the next day, though, so that, that, that cooled things down a little bit, figuratively and literally. Good I've thing you got that in, because you could be mud riding right <laughs> now. Yeah. I fi- I've found the best way to handle that is when they wake up, when you, know, when you find they're mad in the morning, uh, the question you ask is, again or still? They really handle that well. That's That's their favorite. <laughs> that's like saying... Maybe you should just calm down. It, it's it's the same level of horrible decision. <laughs> just just do yourself a favor, man. Hold on to one of them vacation days because you're you're probably gonna need that. <laughs> yeah, but it was yeah. fun. I mean, we understood the assignment. <laughs> so, um, speaking of the vacation days uh, coming up, we have some vac. We're all taking some vacation days real soon here. Yeah, we are. Uh, and if if the weather's like it is today, or ain't even around, cool. like it was today, it's gonna be awesome. I mean, I would rather that than twenty five. I mean, if you could get some overcast. I mean, yeah. I'm not talking about the conditions. I'm talking about the like temperature. The, the, yeah, it was like fifty. Fifty yeah. sounds great to fish in. I'm telling you, I would. I was. I'll talk about this later. But I was tapping trees, and uh, there was. We've never had a better day that we tapped trees. The heat, yeah, turn them up. I'm telling oh, you, Mark, sure will. when we would drill a hole in a tree, pouring already, pouring out. I mean, oh, I'm sure that that, that temperature has got to make such a huge difference oh, in yesterday. the speed it comes out, too. Hitting, hitting the bottom of the bucket, it was oh, wow, that yeah. that's how fast the drip was coming Jeez. out. And we tapped 50, we put 56 buckets out today, so we're gonna have to go Tuesday and collect them all put them in the tote and then the weather is supposed to be less favorable throughout the week for you know just continuous sap running we'll, we'll get into the sapping a little bit later but we, uh the the kentucky river musky classic yes did i say that right i think you did you got all right. it all out hell yeah yeah um, we'll be there in three weeks yes and we're coming we're really looking forward to it. did you see the spread that they're gonna have for saturday night yeah, brisket was it brisket? Oh man, oh, they showed a goodies. picture of it on there. And wings, and yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be all right. And some cornbread. I know Dave's Hell been yeah. Dave has been busting his ass to make this a good tournament, and I I don't know if he's got other people helping him, but 
I know he's doing a lot of work. And if you're listening, we appreciate it, dude. We're going to have fun. Yeah, definitely. And they extended the uh, registration till tomorrow. Correct. So if you're not in, get in. Uh, I know there was a guy uh, that ha- was a single guy that needed a partner. So if you were another single guy out there, swipe right. You know, you might meet the best fishing buddy you've ever met in your life, you know, and you might fish together forever. You never know, you know? That's, that's how we met, how I met Rick. That's what I mean. Like, you, you, you good getting a muskie tournament and meet this other dude, and it could be your best buddy that you meet every year for this muskie tournament for years to come. Yeah, or so, more, you know, if that's yeah. your thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was talking about plentyoffishermen.com, but, you know, not... Uh, Only fins. Not, yeah, not, I wasn't talking about that. Only you plenty say of fishermen. Only fins. I was just about to say, did yeah. you say only fins? I'm oh, gonna, there you go. I like that. I'm only stop only this fins right now. That's pretty good. <laughs> only fins. Jim broke it. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick so, break and then we'll be right back with Sven, right? Hey, and we're back with Eric Sven Svensson. Uh, our buddy Sven D. Send Diesel. <laughs> I can't even get, I can't even get that just, out. God right damn now. it. Can't say it that many times oh. fast. Um, on Instagram. Sven Diesel on Instagram. So uh, it's great to have you back on the podcast, man. Uh, it, I, I'm looking forward to catching up what you've been up to. Looks like you've been cooking a hell of a lot of food, and we're going to start with that. Um, what you were mentioned to us right before we came on the air that uh, we – we wish that you could send the smell through the uh, through the headphones. Oh yeah, thanks for having me on. It's good to be back on. Um, right now we're uh, smoking up some pork belly burnt ends. We seasoned them with a little bit of a Lane's barbecue sweet and heat, so it's going to have a little burn to it. And uh, I just am spritzing it with some uh, Crown Royal peach to see if we can. Uh, Mimic what I saw someone post about uh, putting a can of peaches in with their burnt ends. So um, I got a bourbon barbecue sauce I ordered in, and uh, we're going to see how it goes. We're going to throw it over some mac and cheese. So that's what's on the smoker tonight. But uh, who knows? It's an early evening, so there might be multiple things cooked tonight. Oh, my God. Do the peaches in there, like caramelized? Oh yeah, she was holding God. a peach on top of the burnt oh. end. I'm like, holy fuck, I got to try that. That's a good that. idea. That sounds good. Oh, does that yeah. sound good? That sounds real good. I'm really hungry right now. So when you're uh, <laughs> when you're smoking your burnt ends, what are you smoking on, man? Um, I've, I'm currently smoking. It's the uh, Timberline. Um, Traeger makes it, the Timberline XL. It's got plenty of room, adjustable racks. Um, it's double insulated for me here in the cold climate. I don't burn through pellets. I don't get temp swings. It is a workhorse. So if you've stalked me on social media, I put hours on this thing every weekend. So it's a beast. Um, does everything and anything I want it to do. Now you see like on the weekends, it looks like you're doing what, a lot of snowboard competitions you're cooking for. Yeah, so well, my boys, they uh, ski race with uh, a local team called Arrowhead Ski Team, and we travel um, in the Intermountain Range. Um, we're in the South Series, I guess, division, and so we can travel. Like, Luckily, I live here in the area, so we don't have to do a ton of traveling. This year, I think the furthest we go is an hour and a half, and, and yesterday it was at the uh, Utah Olympic Park one of the parks they put in when we hosted the Olympics. Nice. And so the parking lot is literally 15 feet or 
maybe 30 feet from the chairlift. I mean, and you can watch from your car, which was nice because yesterday it was a blizzard and, you know, it said 18 degrees, but it felt like negative 10. Um, so I'll be honest, I didn't get them up there yesterday, but uh, usually I do ribs or, or something for the team when we're doing the event there. But it was too cold. No one even got out of their cars yesterday besides the athletes. Now, will you will you take a smoker with you or do you do it yeah, at home? Yeah, and so, bring it the... yeah I have uh, several smokers. They're also Traegers. Um, uh, they, uh, they have a tailgater version, which is really easy. It compacts. It fits right underneath my uh, sliding truck bed. It's like literally maybe a centimeter clearance. And I also take up, depending on what I'm making, they have another one that's called the Ranger. Um, a little bit smaller, a little bit easier to take with me, but usually like the ribs take up the whole tailgater and then I'll do cream cheese or mac and cheese or some sort of side dish on the Ranger so that we can have, you know, a meal instead of, um, I, I, it's, it's too, it's too hard to take the bigger, um, smokers up with me. Right. Um, plus we have all our ski gear as well. And, uh, uh, so I, I would, it would be a lot easier to have my big ones up there, but the, the smaller ones are also, I actually cooked on the tailgater for three years. Um, it's perfect. It's a, it's a really nice one as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Mine's not really easy to, I've got a Primo ceramic. It's not oh, easy to no, transport that, at all. I, I wouldn't even want to transport a ceramic. I'd worry <laughs> about a crack or something, you know, hitting a pothole. Oh yeah. My fireboard, my firebox is toast, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But yeah, that's a, uh, that's awesome. Uh, two, two portable pellet grills. And do you, do you only do travel stuff for the ski team or do you do anything else? Uh, meaning like catering or, or yeah, what do you, like, what do you... like catering or, you know, can someone hire you to do like a Super Bowl party or something like that? Um, no. Well, I mean, there's always, you know, the possibility of the prices, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just a backyard dad that does it on the weekends for fun. And I like sharing with my neighbors. Uh, I've been approached a couple times about doing uh, a few events. And I'll be honest, dude, I feel completely not at that level to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot that I, comes I, with that too. Like your serve safe certification, insurance and all, oh, yeah, I'm all sure. of that. Yeah. I, I, it's just, I also learned, um, with, um, I also used to do a ton of fly tying and fly fishing, uh, turned it into a business selling flies and selling apparel. And I, I, I kind of, I don't regret it, but I've learned that I want to keep my hobby for fun and not try and turn it into a business. Uh, if that makes any sense to you guys, like it's really fun trying new things every weekend. Whereas if I was just doing like pulled pork and brisket all the time, I probably would get burned out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I've done like a few, like our neighbor, like our <laughs> church, we, we have like a, a fall barbecue. Like a guy called me up and he's like, Hey, I heard you barbecue. And I'm like, yeah, I do a little bit. And he's like, man, like I got to do 15 pork, uh, pork shoulders. Like we got to do pulled pork for this. And he goes, can you help me out? I'm like, well, well, sure. Like how many people have you called? And he's like, I called like five guys. I've got three that are going to be smoked by these three guys. I can do one or two. How many do you want to do? And I'm like, whatever you can't 
you know, figure out or have someone volunteer to do, just, just bring over. And he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, man, it's like, it's the same to do one as it is to do 10. Like, it's just, there's a little bit more prep work, but it's not that much more work. And he's like, you're kidding me, right? I'm like, no, like, dude, I'll we'll just bring them over. Whatever you can't find someone for, just bring them over. And luckily I have a few buddies that do the uh, Traeger catering, like their events. And so I got some tips from them on how to do, you know, bulk uh, pulled porks. And so I think we ended, I ended up getting 11 and wow. it was just, just as easy as doing, um, you know, one or two, just, you just had to replicate it over and over again. Can you, can you put 11 on a ridgeline? Um, on the timberline, timberline technically, sorry. technically, I think you're only supposed to put six or eight. Um, I'd have to look that up. But um, what I did is I, I basically made sure there was a little bit of clearance in between each one and then ran it on a setting called Super Smoke so that it was really kind of getting more of a convection and more smoke flavor so that the ones in the middle would get, you know, some of the smoke, not just the ones on the edges, because that's the way the triggers operate. It comes out uh, from the heat shield. And then at the two-thirds point uh, before the pre-wrap, so they were about 140, I rotated the inner ones to the outer ones. And okay. I'll be honest, when I was shredding them, I sampled each one. I couldn't taste the difference in the level of smoke. And then they, they taught me some, uh, my buddy, uh, uh, Rory, um, who used to work for Traeger, he taught me a trick on how to uh, get them compact in the foil um, by making like foil boats, he called them. And that way I could get them all foiled and fit more on the Traeger than like if you did it in an aluminum pan because there's like wasted space, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And so I crammed them on there. I think I did 11, if I remember right, and I probably could have squoze one or two more because I did four on each, 12. So I did 10. I think I could have fit 12, but that depends on the size of the cut of meat. And, you know, there's a few variables there. Oh, yeah. And these were all about eight to 10 pounders, whereas some of the ones I've gotten from, like, you know, the Costco two-pack is, you know, those sometimes they're 12 or 14 pounds. Yeah, they're huge. Those Costco two packs you can get some yeah. really big ones yeah they they're they're big and um yeah, yeah. so it, it just depends there's so many variables when it comes to meat but uh it, it turned out and that's all that matters i just if i ever was doing like a like say someone hired me for their wedding i know i'd have so much pressure i wouldn't sleep for like a week and i'd probably screw it up by over stressing about it and that's a fear so you know, you're not getting hired for this one, but I'm sure you're going to have some neighbors over for the Super Bowl party, right? Oh, um, no, I actually have my kids deliver to the neighbors. Um, oh, there you go. Uh, Even yeah, better. So that, so so that way I don't have to, like, yeah, I don't deal have to with your neighbors? Up. I don't have to... Yeah, I don't have to entertain. Uh, yeah, just, no, that's the best, man. You're, you're, you're a genius. At least, do they do the neighbors at least tip your kids? No, I should I should maybe get like a what's that uh, food order service DoorDash. Maybe I should create a DoorDash account just for yeah. kicks and giggles. They could they could at least tip your kid. I mean, not <laughs> tip you so much as you know you're just letting your neighbors eat your great food. But at least your kid for running it over there. Yeah, how many kids do you have? Uh, I've got three kids, two boys and a girl. 
So um, usually it's the boys running it down the street, but we have a great relationship uh, with all my neighbors. And sometimes we take it over there. Other times they show up at my house and drop stuff off. So it's, it's really, really kind of awesome. What I wouldn't say the community of smoking meat does, but uh, you always have leftovers you want to share. And when it's really good, then you get texts for more. So nice. How old are your kids? Uh, so my oldest is 13. I got a 10 year old and then a seven year old. Nice. Yeah. Three years apart. Mine too. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a party all the time over here. Oh, I bet. So yeah, what... I actually uh, bribed them with, uh, unlimited media time. So they'd be in the other room and be quiet for the next, uh, while we're doing this. So. <laughs> oh, I do that. I bribe them with pad time yeah. all the time. Yeah. Bribery yes. is always good for your kids, man. Yep. Yeah. yeah I... So, so... They're stoked right now. I have a 10-year-old daughter, so she's pretty quiet, and she usually she's getting to the age where dad's not cool at all unless he wants to play video games. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Dude, my kid I'm lives pretty much, on a she's, monitor. She's pretty much, you know, not not hanging out with dad all the time. So. Yeah, Get her out gotcha. now and again, though, for, the, uh, for some fishing here and there. Yeah, I had my two older mm-hmm. boys out today. They're seven and almost four. And, uh, awesome. I... I, I I ran them today. You know, they're shut, they're moving buckets, and then they decided to go play in the creek uh, up to their knees when they were wearing. That's usually how it goes, isn't it? I, I, Every time. I brought two changes of clothes for each kid, and we went through them both. <laughs> <laughs> do your sons show any? Uh, do they cook any of the food with you? Are they out there? Are they into that? They like, hey, dad, I want to prep this uh, pork shoulder. Let's smoke this stuff, or. Uh, sometimes they show interest. I, I try not to push it. Um, but if they want to be involved, that's awesome. Um, most of the time though, I'm prepping the meat after they go to bed. And so a lot of the prep work is, you know, after they're, you know, for overnight smokes, they're, they're already in bed. And then after that, there's not a lot of work. I mean, uh, the wrapping part's pretty easy They'll They'll help out, but, um, that, that I think will be down the road a little bit. Um, they're showing my son had a cooking class in junior high and he started using the like deep, like cooking oils on the stove. And I came home one time and like, there was almost like a fire and I'm like, Oh my gosh, guys, like, Hey, you can't be doing this when there's no adult home. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that might've dampened their spirits for cooking, but uh, yeah, they, they showed a little interest, but I, I maybe I could, be better at involving them more with that. So what's on the what's on the menu? What are they going to be running down the road for the Super Bowl for you? Oh man, uh, I got to keep that on the down low right now yeah. because uh, there's a there's a key. The Traeger does a uh, Super Bowl ring for 50 people, and they brought it back this year. And those rings are very coveted, and you have to come up with a awesome idea like the the time i won it was when um i did ribs for the ski team and so there's a picture of me up on the mountainside with the race in the background and the traeger was right there and i had a plate full of ribs and i said i and i said my caption was i'm not rooting for either team i'm rooting for team arrowhead because we're at a ski race you know and i think that's what won me the ring that year and so i know i kind of got to go big but i got an idea but i mean from uh you know, there's so many different options. Like, I think Super Bowl is all about the appetizer. We've done quite mm-hmm. a bit of smoke smoke queso this year, which is a super easy thing to do. 
um, you know, you're, you're about an hour, hour 15 to make, um, total cook time, which is really awesome for the flavor that, uh, smoke adds to the queso. Um, we've been really doing a lot of like pig shots where, you know, you take the, uh, some sort of sausage meat, wrap bacon around it, fill it with cream cheese, jalapeno mixture, or cream cheese brisket or some sort of filling. Um, and then you throw that on and I like to douse mine in barbecue sauce to glaze them. Um, these were some of the ideas of what I was going to do, that but I mean, you awesome. can't go, you can't go wrong with just, you know, pulled pork, you know, maybe have like a nacho bar or mm. make sliders. Oh, not, not, I like the slider idea. Yeah. A couple of different kinds of meat, maybe on this with the, with the sliders. I think this is the hungriest I've ever been on a podcast now. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, yeah, I mean, the, you, you can't go wrong. I mean, uh, luckily, there's a lot of people that do, like, barbecue, especially appetizer Super Bowl type food. And so it's it's really weird. My, my social media feed used to always be like fish, 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 fly, fly, fish, fish, fly, fly. Now it's like barbecue, 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 barbecue. And so I just get hit with all these ideas, which is, I mean, really where you get creative is seeing somebody and then thinking, how could I tweak this? Or I really like that, but I'm going to add my style to it. One of our friends uh, went down that same same rabbit hole and he ended up, he just he just dropped the fly fishing thing. And now now he just duck hunts and, and cooks food. So I don't know, maybe a slippery slope to not fishing anymore, man. You might want to, you might want to, I don't know. I don't know about smoking food. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just joking. Yeah, but yeah, um, no, uh, it's a little different uh, game when you're in Utah compared to Western Pennsylvania. Now, have you gotten into <laughs> any uh, shore lunch smoking? Have I gotten any what? Shore lunch, doing like shore lunch smokes and bringing the tailgater for um, that? So the problem with me is when I go fishing, it's like I'm active hunting. Like I can't be focused on it. And that's kind of why my kids don't like to go with me. Um, like, I am so focused on catching fish, moving, swapping flies. I, I, I don't think in the back of my mind I would remember I've got a tri-tip going. Um, <laughs> or I'll be three miles down the river and be like, oh, crap. <laughs> uh, so I have not done a lot of shoreline. Uh, like when I'm fishing, I go to fish. Uh, we toyed with a, the idea of ice fishing and, uh, you know, doing like some perch tacos fresh. Yeah. Didn't you do stuff uh, on like a stand-up paddleboard once or something too? Yeah, that was back when I used to have a ton of time. I had a crazy <laughs> idea to uh, put a smoker on a paddleboard and go out in the lake and start fishing and act like I was cooking up trout. And <laughs> I actually, I actually got stuck stopped by fishing game. Uh, he was not too happy with me, but then he thought it was awesome. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Great. Oh, that's great. So how has the fishing been? Have you been getting any time out to get out at all? Um, so since my workload changed a couple of years ago, that's kind of why I transitioned more to posting about food. Um, I just don't really have, I know it's, you can prioritize time, but I really don't have spare time to prioritize the fishing. It's either, do I go to my son's baseball tournament or do I go fishing? And so of course I choose the baseball tournament. Hmm. Um, and so I, I think I got out last year. It, it's sad to think about only like maybe 10 days. 
Um, and that's coming from, I used to fish two to three times a week, you know, before I work, after work, um, I drive past a lot of rivers and lakes. I just, uh, I took on a, an additional load about two years ago and the free time was that I was able to do that was fishing time. Yeah. And with, and with you know, three kids, a teenager and two going to be, it's not going to get any, you're not getting more free time. No, and I, I remember I, uh, a guy I used to really chat with a bunch, a local fisherman who's you know now probably, uh, I haven't seen him in a while. He's probably close to his late 50s maybe now. Um, five, six years ago, he told me, he goes, enjoy your fishing time now because in three, four years, you're going to, you know, your rods are going to collect dust. And I was like, no way, man. Like, there's no way. I, there's always time for fishing. And I'm looking at my calendar with uh, – we got ski racing, which transitions straight to baseball tournaments, baseball leagues. My daughter does dance gymnastics on top of working, you know, 68 hours a week. Uh, we don't have, I don't have a free weekend until July. Oof. And so, you know, but I, I wouldn't change that to go fishing if that makes sense, but I'm hoping to sneak away. I've got uh, a tournament we're going to do in, June, I've got two days on the Green River booked right now in May, and um, I got two more days in July. So it's really just mapping out a day. It's almost like I have to plan more than what I was used to. Just wake up at three thirty, load my truck, head to the river, fish, be to my first account by eight thirty. You know. Now, without getting to tie much or not getting to fish much, do you still have the ambition to tie much? Well, that's, that's where I kind of like, I wouldn't say I lost that ambition to tie, but when you're fishing three days a week, you're constantly coming home, tweaking things to see what works better, what works, you know, or refilling the box. And when you're not fishing, my boxes are full. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I haven't really had a need to tie flies, which is kind of sad to say, but, um, I tied with the purpose of filling boxes to fish or, create something new that would be more effective or more durable. Um, I also had a little bit of fun tying flies that just to see if I could do it, but it, it, it you know, you tie to fish and if you're just tying to tie, um, that's fun too. But I was tying mainly to fish. Uh, you've went through like 9 million vices. What do you, what'd you settle on now? What are you using now? Oh, if only you saw my office. Uh, <laughs> Probably rap. You look like uh, what's his name from? Oh, I just went blank. The drummer, the circle. Neil Pert. You like oh, a yeah. Neil Pert of vices, just a big circle of them round up. I mean, I have tried. In all honesty, unless it's a custom fabricator, like a guy that's a machinist making his own vice. I'm pretty sure I've tried a majority of every vice manufactured. There might be like, like for example, Dynaking. I think I've tied on three of their six main vices. You know, um, I, I, it really depends. Like I, I still, it comes down to price. Uh, like what's your budget and what are you tying mostly? If you're tying small flies, it's a different vice than if you're tying streamers all the time. Um, when I did my, I, I call it commercial tying, but I know there's guys that did way more than I ever did, but I mean, I was cranking out, uh, one to shoot 
sometimes maybe I never kept track, maybe three to 500 a month um, on top of my workload. So I, I, I was pretty busy. And when I was doing the, the Sven flies and selling them, I used mostly the peak um, rotary because it is a workhorse. And for some reason, when I was cranking out balance leeches like crazy, they just, it seemed right. Um, I really, really like the FNF Talon. If, if you've got a, I, I don't know the current price on them right now, but six to $700 budget. Uh, it is as close as you can get, in my opinion, to the law vice. That's the most, you know, one of the more coveted vices. So that I, I've tied anywhere between a four aught to a size 28. It holds them all. It's super strong. But most people, I wouldn't argue, want to drop that kind of money on a on a vice, if that makes sense. So money's no object. You know that that opens a whole different game. But the Peak uh, Rotary is uh, uh, one of my all-time favorites. You know we're gonna, we're on tie uh, flies. Uh, I see you tie a variety of flies. Um, is there anything that you really, if you're going to sit down you're like, man, I just, I enjoy tying this fly more than this, or is it streamers? Is it, you tie some awesome hoppers? I mean, what are, you know, you had a post not too long ago. It said, you know, top water eats are the best. And it was a, uh, a dry fly, a uh, stimulator, you know, what, what, what's your go-to? What do you really enjoy tying? My favorite fly, and it's pretty broad, would be streamer, articulated streamers, hands down. Um, if I have uh, an evening and could say that the problem with streamers are I hate being rushed. And so if I could sit there and just have an hour and a half to tie one streamer, you know, of course, I'd have my Netflix or whatever going in the background. It, it's just something about making all those articulations and thinking about the flow of how the marabou or the bucktail you're using for the body or, or tails could manipulate the movement to make it more lifelike or more like a wounded uh, bait fish or whatever you're trying to you know create. And then the the colors you can you can do so many different colors because marabou comes in. I've never counted, but you know what, 20, 30 different colors. And then they always mess up the color batches. So you get different shades of those colors. And when you find that off color, you buy five bags so that you, you know, you have a lifetime supply of a, a color you'll use once, but um, <laughs> it, you know what I mean? And then you can add in some, some dry hackle to add that barring or, you know, speckled look of uh, the scales reflecting. I mean, there's flash, there's, there's eyes you can glue on. And then you got to think about like the weight. How do you want to weight it? Do you want it to nosedive? Uh, eh. Streamers is just such a fascinating thing to tie because you can really screw it up and it still catches fish. Um, whereas say you tie a, a parachute Adams, you know, in the wrong color shade or, or oversized the hackle. And that could be the difference of having a great day or a terrible day. Um, I, I hope the fish aren't always that picky, but that's what I kind of blame it on is I use the wrong size so that, you know, I think my, I'm still a good fisherman, but yeah, that's exactly you gotta blame right. it on something, right? I mean, it couldn't yeah, have been yeah, you. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was that crappy Whiting Farms hackle. I mean, they say it's premium. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you're going to fish the green this year. That is where uh, I realized I don't want to catch trout in Pennsylvania anymore. Okay, you've been out on the green. Isn't it majestic? It's the one of the coolest places in the United States that I've ever been. It yeah, is, I'm pretty spoiled. I'm pretty spoiled. It's pretty much, I wouldn't say my backyard, but, you know, three hours away. Oh, that's nice. Uh, what's, your, what's your favorite section? So, um... Well, there, well Jay, there's three uh, sections. There's A, B, and C yeah. on oh, the green. So, my favorite... So, <laughs> this... Okay, so this is uh, this is my spoiled trip. Um, every year I treat myself. I hire a guide. Um, I use Spinnerfall. Great, great company. If you're ever out here again, um, one, you know, it's amazing. He rows all day for me. I get a fish the entire day. I don't have to sub on the oars. Uh, two, they know what's hitting. It's constant changing out there, depending on uh, you know what time of year you go. And so there's not really that spend a couple hours figuring it out again. And three, they tie my flies on for me. I don't even have to be a good, you know, <laughs> knot tire. It's, it's, uh, it's the one trip a year I spoil myself. And so um, I fished all the sections. I go out the same weekend every year. Um, it's a repeat trip now. And um, my most favorite, the most epic time I've ever had was on the C section with a buddy of mine. Um, we met with our guides that morning and he's like, what do you want to fish? And he was like, Oh, I want to fish the A section. Cause I hear that's the prettiest where you're coming down this beautiful Canyon. Um, and it is really, really pretty. And he goes, well, do you want to catch big fish or small fish? And he goes, big fish. I'm like, I don't care, man. I'm just here to fish. And so he's like, well, well we can either catch like a handful, like maybe up to five on the C section, or we can go fish the A section, B section. And, you know, you could have like a potentially a 10 to 30 fish day. Well, we fished the C section and dude, I think we caught like 35 fish and like, I would say maybe 10 or 15 of them were 20 to 22 inches, beautiful, healthy Browns. Like it was probably you know, the owner told me, I don't know if he just tells me this. He says that was probably a top three day for me. And I mean, he, the stoke was just huge. It was just constant, so much fun, but the C section is not near as beautiful as the A or even the B. It's kind of desolate. I, I, and I liked my favorite is C as well. Uh, cause you know, being from Western Pennsylvania, I don't get to see a lot of that that flatland, and then okay. you know that that Swallow Canyon was unbelievable. Yeah, uh, and and you're right, and we caught less fish on on that section, but they were bigger, better fish. Yeah, and see, I've been back. Cool. I've done the sea other times, but uh, never had as good of luck as uh, we had that day. I mean, that was a top five fish day for me ever. So, but, uh, I actually took my wife out there one year for our anniversary and, uh, uh, we did the AB together. So basically we rode all the way through almost the A section and, and that was really cool because you got the scenery and you got to fish some different areas. Uh, but most of the time they won't do that. Yeah. That's a long, that's a long float. 
Yeah. Um, and for those guys that, uh, you know, the other guys that haven't been out there, uh, this, the A section is where, you know, all your rafters, tubers, it gets pretty crowded. And so, you know, most people want to fish the A section. And so the B section is a little less crowded. And of course the C section is even less crowded. Yeah. Cause it's pretty far away. I mean, C sections a, a real long drive. Correct. When you're done. Uh, and I think it's the longest section too. I can't remember. I think it's, it's, it's pretty long too. Yeah. And it can get blown up. I mean, yep. se- uh-huh. section a and the first two thirds of B can be fine. And if that, uh, red river blows up and you don't even know it, yeah. section C is toast. Correct. And like last year, for example, when we went out, we didn't even have an option. We had to do a, because even the A section was getting, because of all the runoff with snow we got, the A section was getting tons of muddy water coming in, and the B section was pretty much toast. Yeah. I was going to ask, uh, when you go this year, will it be during a um, will it be during a hatch, or will that be during like streamer season when there's still runoff from the mountains? Um, so I always uh, go out early, and so we're usually fishing uh, small streamers, um sometimes nymphs occasionally we're switching to dry flies uh for the afternoon or you know the late morning hatch too uh but uh, i actually have never been out there in july for the hoppers or the um so i have a a, a second trip for july i gotta actually write a note that's a good reminder i gotta get those dates but um this is my first time going out for the summer and so I'm kind of excited to fish that because, you know, it's kind of known for dry fly fishing. And, uh, you know, the owner, Scott, always says it doesn't count unless, you know, it's on the drive. But, you know, that's what he says to me. I don't know if he says that to all his clients. But My, my yeah. first time out there, we camped and we did. We camped every night on a different campsite and we did do it yourself. Yeah. But it was during the uh, cicada hatch. And gotcha. that was that was insane. Absolutely. So yeah. every every trip since then has not been nearly as good. <laughs> but it was yeah, those are epic. And we've got a dual cicada hatch this year. Yeah, they're about to be everywhere. Yeah. Huh. That'd be fun. Yeah. yeah until you go to drive across the street and it's just a bloody massacre. Yeah, carp on carp come up and eat those like crazy though. If we could sight fish for carp eating cicada, I think it'd be a good time. Yeah, this is the oh, first. Dude. This is the first time in 286 years, we've had two cicada broods come out, and that'll be this spring for us. Well, I mean, it's the plague. Well, Sven, we need a dozen, yeah. dozen cicada flies to the SVS team stat. <laughs> got it, got it. I'm on it. Let me just let me just add it to the list. Oh, I'm super jealous if you're catching carp on the dry. That that to me sounds like something I've always wanted to do. The only luck we've ever had with dry flies for carp is um, when they're up uh, sipping the surface and we happen to cast something in their direct line and then watching and then hook setting as they sip it in by mistake. But um, I would love to do um, dry fly fishing for carp. Like, I don't know why. We just don't get that kind of action here. Well, if you're in western Pennsylvania, we have some that like to sip uh, things off the top like uh, like it's bread. 
that yeah. people from the bridge are throwing to them. They yeah, get, they get a bread hatch. I promise so it's not as scenic as what you're used to. It's definitely not as scenic <laughs> as you're used to, but... Yeah, but dang, do they eat a fly off the top of the water. <laughs> so, dude, so you're telling me you're I'm, gluing foam, cream foam no, together no. using a Sharpie and making a bread fly. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm actually... I was getting them to hit uh, hollow flies <laughs> on floating line because the hollow fly hits and then... St- you know, we'll sit on top for a while and then slow. I was getting him on a four and a half inch hollow fly. <laughs> Every yeah, time he awesome. goes out, he yells up, Hey, I want to go bigger next time. Just don't quit, quit ripping the bread. Keep throwing bigger chunks in. <laughs> oh, Jay's yeah, down there awesome. throwing eight inch streamers at him. Throwing half a I'm loaf. never throwing any of the bread. But everybody else around is, you know, that they're just <laughs> feeding these fish. But anyway. So you're, you're just paying all the people to chum for you, right? That's no, I don't pay anybody. I, I, I just, <laughs> he just leaves two or three old loaves of bread on top of the bridge. It is absolutely <laughs> hysterical, though, to like end a float and you come up on it and there's just yeah. these fish there. It's funny. Well, there's that one dude. Uh, what's his handle? Uh, Carp Stalker, I think. Um, he designed a mulberry fly. And, That'd be pretty sweet. Uh, Throws it under mulberry trees for carp, and hmm. I'm like, dude, that's freaking awesome. I mean, we get um, like uh, we get a lot of them to eat caddis. Like when you get into mm-hmm. that like May into June range, you can go down like in one section in the evenings, and there's always fish eating. But it's kind of like you said, it's kind of like a passive thing. I mean, if it's thrown up and they see it, they will come and eat it. But you're almost trying to like get in a line because they just sit there and feed and feed and feed. But I don't, I've never really had too many or seen too many that are actually like feeding on anything like individually though, like just randomly though. That one little yellow clouser man, I don't know what it was with that fly though, but every carp wanted to destroy that thing. <laughs> yeah, crayfish. Yeah, they love yellow out here too. Well, where I go at least, but it's yeah, quick. I actually have a di- I actually have a dilemma because in June the carp tournament here. Um, it's the same weekend as a barbecue event in California, so I don't know where, where my desire lies anymore. I'm there, trying to figure out what there, I do. There's your first crossroads. It lies in June. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like all my buddies are going to this barbecue, and then you know, my team's like, hey, man, we got the, we got the Carp Classic. Are you coming up? I'm like, oh, fuck. What am I going to do? <laughs> same weekend. Fish. Fish? Yeah. Fish. 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 Yeah. yeah, you could always barbecue at home in your backyard. You can't fish in your backyard at home, you know. I, I got a couple on, on the smoked food things. Um, but, like, what if you were going to smoke something for yourself, of all the things you're smoking and eating all the time, what are you smoking for yourself? Like, I want I, I want to treat myself. This is what I'm smoking. What's your, uh, what do you love? Um. I love, um, <clears throat> so when, when everybody always sees me posting all this meat, right? And everyone's like, how do you eat all that? How do you eat all that? I'm actually meal prepping when I cook on Sundays. And so I'm eating that all week, uh, Monday till I run out. Usually it's Thursday. Uh, I love smoked shredded chicken. Like I can eat that day in, day out. Maybe it's back from my gym days when I lived on tuna and chicken, um, I just love, uh, I call it salsa chicken. So you just season up your chicken breasts, put them on there on uh, a 225. I put a scoop of salsa over the top of it and let it just drip down. Um, by the time you're finished, that salsa has got a char to it. And uh, once it hits about one, 
140, 150, depending on my time. I crank it up to 375, finish them off at 165, bring them inside, throw three or four of those breasts into, with the salsa, into my uh, wife's KitchenAid little, or whatever those mixer things are on the counter, and shred it up. Serve it with uh, rice or broccoli. Um, you can do street corn, and I can eat that. I eat it for like six months straight. It's not glorious, but it always tastes good. That sounds and awesome. And more importantly, it tastes good reheated. That's something I'm always looking for That's when clutch. I'm cooking these meals on Sunday is, will this reheat on Wednesday and still taste good? Mm-hmm. Are like you one uh, time I one time I did smoke Brussels sprouts, which I hate Brussels sprouts, but they were amazing right off the smoker. But by Tuesday, I couldn't even open the container. They were just nasty. Yeah, just bitter. They yeah, they got so bitter. So um, that got taken off my list of repeats. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd have to say my go-to is a Chucky. Like if of all the stuff that I, I grill, I barbecue, uh, a Chuck roast, pulled beef for me with Can't beat that. Ranch, I have a ranch packet on it and uh, the Meat Church, their fajita stuff on it. It's just, that's my, that's. Yeah, his, that, his fajita rub is killer. Yeah, it's so good. Okay, even speaking on that, I wanted to ask about your salsa. Are you just using, you know, salsa out of the store bought? Are you making your own salsa or? Um, I'm usually using store bought. Um, that is the luxury I don't have is making my own rubs and uh, barbecue sauces and salsa. Like that adds more time to the process. Um, plus, my wife makes this like killer salsa. Um, she makes it like three, four times a year. And once you've had that, like nothing else compares, um, <laughs> but it is just delicious. And when she makes it, I definitely treat myself with my salsa chicken and she gets mad cause I use it all. So, uh, and, uh, into the, um, another realm of the cooking seasonings. So what, what seasonings do you find yourself going through things that you think every guy should have in their pantry or in their seasoning, uh, cabinet i guess um, yeah so good question i've used uh, a lot of different seasonings i continue to try new seasonings it really depends on the meat you're using but if you were talking like general like should their whole line is decent um not that i'm plugging traeger but i really like a lot of their seasonings like everything i've tried is awesome like they have really good blends um, they have a full line for all the meats. Um, you guys already mentioned Meat Church. That's another good line. Um, I really like a lot of his uh, rubs and seasonings. And one one that maybe you guys have never tried, it's a guy out of California. It's a, a strong arm uh, bar and grill. Um, you'll see me use a lot of his seasonings. He has like an all-purpose that is just amazing. It's got right the right amount of black pepper to salt ratio for me. And uh, he also has a few others, Cali Cajun. Uh, a lot of his rubs are really awesome. And then like another one that's a smaller one is uh, Rio Valley Meats. I think he's out of Texas. But he has a beef rub that is just amazing. Like probably the best tri-tip I've ever had. Um, White Bulbs Barbecue out of Philadelphia. I use some of his as well. Um, I like how flaky they are. 
and a lot of the ingredients he uses like really adds that presentation look you know it's not just like the seasoning absorbs into the meat and you can't see it you actually see the flakes you see the grains or granules whatever you want to call it um those are some of the ones just off the top of my head. Um, nothing. I mean, I, uh, well, I expected you to walk over your pantry and tell me what was in there, but you know that this works as well. Well, well, I could do that, but I'd have to look in all the hidden spots that my wife doesn't know about. Oh, yeah, I I hear you. You spoke a little before uh, I think we came on about the, uh, you know, it's buy now and explain later type uh mentality you have correct um she had a few so you know originally it was fly tying fly fishing uh got on a bunch of different companies you know on like their protein programs and which has its perks you know either a discount or free stuff in exchange for content well now that i've had a couple of barbecue videos it's people are sending me rubs to try it's it's kind of cool how social media connects you with so many different companies oh it can definitely be used in the uh, right manner uh can also... i don't know if you can hear that right now oh yeah is that them burn ends yeah it came time to spritz i hope that's okay for a podcast it's fine with us we're talking food <laughs> yeah that sounds good we get it have you, you ever? Hold, do you want me to hold the microphone closer and see if the smell comes through? No, oh, man. <laughs> With the nose I got, I'm surprised I'm not yeah. getting any of it. Have you ever uh, taken the dive into the spiceology spices? They've got some. They've got yeah. like a lot of regular spices, and they've got this black truffle rub that <laughs> is. Oh, dude. Yeah. It's yeah. So no, good. I actually. Uh, I'm. I'm actually trying. So. I use their Nashville hot chicken. It's amazing. Um, the problem with Spiceology is there's so many. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's almost overwhelming to go to their website and probably because I know I'll spend way too much money. But yeah, I've been seeing that truffle used on a lot of stuff. I haven't taken that dive yet because I have some of uh, Kinder's um, black truffle or truffle black pepper, something garlic that I, I need to burn through before I wanted to, you know, pick up some of that. But my wife just came home with like six of them this weekend of Kinder ones. The Kinder's great and stuff. Yeah, we did. Uh, what'd she do today? Yeah. Uh, she actually took stew meat and slow cooked it with like uh, Worcestershire and uh, soy and some other stuff. Did her potatoes. Tell you what, but it was like their all purpose rub with it. Mm -hmm. Really good. Yeah, they have like, a, What is that? And showed me like, dang. Yeah. Have, a lot of theirs has butter in it. Hmm. And oh really? Damn, that's good. It's yeah. it's it's great on pork and chicken specifically. Hmm. Do you? Yeah. So I I was thinking this week of actually this summer. My goal after I burned through some of the hundreds of bottles I already have is to instead of buying rubs that are pre you know formulated to buy pepper, salt, garlic, try and mimic a blend or come up. And then I was like, no, I don't even have time for I'll that. I'll say, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. I went down that uh, rabbit hole yeah. two years ago, and, you know, I've got a book of rubs. Not, it's not published <laughs> or anything, but it's like a journal of rubs that I was making. And 
it just, it just became too overwhelming. Like I made like two dozen rubs and they were all amazing. But then I was like, when do I use this one? Why do I? And I, I just punted and I said, you know what? For 10 bucks, I can get really good rubs. Correct. Uh, so, yeah, that, that ended that for me. I still make my own sauces, but rubs, I'm out. I'm glad you talked me out of it. That's a, that's a good, uh, I'll have more time to maybe fish then. I, I hope that's the case. But I mean, literally Monday through Friday, Saturday, all I'm doing is thinking about what I want to cook on Sunday. Work is just a distraction. You uh, you mentioned a couple of places you getting you're getting your meat. Is there a local butcher that you get a lot of your meat uh, that you trust, or are you just going out and grabbing whatever you can as cheap as you can? Um, I'm usually not going as cheap as I can because uh, I you know meat bacteria. I've opened up some before that was supposed to be good, and you know sometimes that smell I ended up tossing it. Um, I've gone with local butchers. I've gone with, uh, grocery store butchers, uh, like, you know, ordering the meat through the grocery store. We've luckily, I've got like a Harmon's grocery really close to me. They got a really great meat department. Um, I, you know, if you're going with just the generic stuff, I get a lot of my stuff at Costco. Um, you can't beat the price and I haven't ever really tasted a huge difference between spending $180 for a prime brisket you know, that I order in versus, you know, 60, 80 bucks for a prime at Costco. Like to me, it's sixes, but I can buy three versus one. I, I would agree completely. I've, I've cooked uh, snake river farms, gold Wagyu and I, and Costco prime. And I taste almost zero difference between the two. Yeah. Now you can taste the difference between choice prime and Wagyu for, you know, there's a big difference in between. But, I mean, Costco labels them. Like, for example, I like their tri-tip in the prime for, you know, hands down. But when I get some of their steaks, I actually prefer, like, their uh, a choice, which I know is kind of a – people don't like to hear, but I don't like that super marbly fat in my steak. And that's just my personal preference. Sure. Um, and and uh, so – but – I will say, like, for example, I go to my local butcher shop and get pork belly. It's a way better cut than at Costco. Like, I feel like the Costco ones have, like, a ton of more fat to meat mate ratio. Whereas when I get it through the local butcher shop, it's more of a meat to fat ratio, more like a 50-50, whereas the Costco is like a 80% fat most of the time. Yeah, it's um, mostly fat from Costco. You're right. And so, like, for example, on that one, I usually go to the butcher shop, but is it really worth getting it $80, $90 for a pork belly versus 28 bucks at Costco? Yeah. Um, you're going to get better burnt ends from the meat, uh, the butcher shop for sure. In my opinion, some mm -hmm. may argue differently, but I'm, I would rather have the meat on my pork belly than the, the you know, huge amounts of fat. We usually just cut that off. Especially if you're going to cure it and make bacon. Yeah. Uh, we don't get tri-tip over here in our Costco. What? Yeah. What? Tri-tip tri is a West Coast thing. Like, we literally have yeah. to ask a butcher to cut us a tri-tip here if we wanted to get a tri-tip. Oh, dude, we eat so much tri-tip here. It's the, uh, that's we do a lot of triscuit, as we call it, uh, tri-tip cooked brisket style. Oh, yeah, I've heard that's awesome. It's so rare here, I won't even do it. 
Yeah, it's um, it's it's it it's like you're eating a steak brisket. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though brisket is beef, uh, you know, steak tastes different than a brisket, and the trisket is, it's it's just so easy. You can't screw it up. I've had 20, 30 friends try it. They love it. They keep repeating it. Um, you can switch up your braising liquid with spices to add a different, you know, level of flavor. Um, it's, it's a, it's a staple here in our house. So how would, how, would you cook that like a, a brisket? Would you walk Correct. me through that, that? that? Generally, that's how I do it. Uh, most people like their tri-tip cooked to a medium. So they'll basically smoke it for an hour, maybe hour and a half, and then uh, sear it until it's to one thirty. 135 uh, that that would be how most of the the tri-tip is cooked and from what i see um the the brisket style or trisket is it's been kind of called you set your smoker at 225 you throw your tri-tip you know you season it let it you know sit on the counter for a half hour to an hour get a little bit room temperature throw it on your smoker once it hits 165 then you want to pull it put it in a aluminum pan like one of those disposable pans with, I put a couple, you know, slices of butter underneath. And then you add like, for example, beef broth um, until there's about a eighth to a quarter of an inch in the bottom. And so that way it's not going to burn. And uh, I'll usually add a little bit of seasoning in with the beef, beef broth and stir it up. And then you cover it and put it back on until it hits uh, probe tender, which is usually about 203, 205. Um, take it off the smoker, set it on your kitchen counter, lift the foil to let it steam vent. After about 10 minutes, cover it back up, let it rest for a half hour to 45 minutes. Occasionally I'll, I'll baste it with the liquid in the pan and then, um, pull it from the pan, um, slice it against the grain. Uh, I, I like to slice it thinner than, uh, you would a brisket. And then I take a little bit of that sauce that's left over in the pan. I kind of drizzle it over the top, and it is pull-apart tri-tip brisket style. That sounds awesome. And it takes about five and a half to six hours. Um, once you once you foil it, um, you can crank it up to 275 or even 300 to speed up the process. Right. Uh, you know, you always want to make sure you plan that rest time. That's almost more important than to me than low and slow cooking the whole time, making sure it gets that. I'd rather have it have an hour of rest than an hour extra at a lower temperature. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Especially, you know, when I do a proper brisket, I do at least an hour. I prefer two hours. Uh, man, I'm, hour I'm salivating. But that <laughs> I've been hungry this entire <laughs> podcast. And I'm salivating. Yeah, yeah. You, you are going to say that. Sounds man. so good. Woo. Oh man. That yeah, you, you can, you can take that. You can chop it up, put it over nachos chop it up, make it into tacos, uh, slice it up on sandwiches, put it on some rolls, cheese on top, a little bit of sauce, throw it in the oven or back on the Traeger to melt that cheese. There's, you can just eat it plain like with uh, some pasta. It's just, it's killer. I'll tell you what I'm not doing with it, sharing any of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and compared to a brisket, it's it's a lot cheaper. I mean, um, well, that's for, why... For you. Yeah, for me. You know, it costs us 70 bucks to get a tri-tip over here. Oh, ooh. You might want to check out some of these online butchers then. You can well, get that, those shipped in a little cheaper. Well, that's that's the prime from Snake River Farms is 70 bucks. 
if you know gotcha. i mean there's butcher box and all that but unless you have a, a butcher that's really doing their own primals here you can't get it you can't get tri-tip on the east coast hmm. dang i uh i would move out west if i were you there's <laughs> there's, be, there's better the better fishing too i hear for, uh, for trout yeah for trout <laughs> yeah for trout yeah um yeah, I know. I we have a local butcher. I'm pretty good friends with and everything. I I might have to ask if we could figure out tri tip, or, or maybe you know see, you know it's probably going to be very expensive, but we got, and sounds only, great. And there's only two per cow. Yeah. Uh, check out Porter Road. Saved you twenty bucks. They're forty eight bucks. There we go, Porter Road. That's still a lot. But, for but a that's still that's still one. Uh, <laughs> whereas I'm getting two for. Oh shoot! I didn't look what they were last week, but they're like you know thirty, forty bucks for two. Yeah, and that's what it should be. I mean, it's just it's just the top of the leg. Yeah. So hey, um, any uh, one more question from me before we get you out of here? Um, do you uh, find yourself cooking any game food? Do you you know do you get game food? Not I don't know hunter or outdoorsman, but uh, being out west, there's a lot of great game. Yeah, elk. Do you uh, do you? Have you smoked any game food or even just cooked game food in general? Um, yeah, so I've done like, uh, you know, elk steaks from the back straps, uh, uh, venison, you know, deer, same thing. Uh, smoking them helps my family like it better. Um, <laughs> if, if that uh, makes sense, uh, you know, I mean, elk's easy. That, that tastes great. Yeah. However, um, I actually do not hunt that much. Um, I've been out, uh, I got my hunter safety when I was 33 and I hunted for the next three, four years. And then I got into fly fishing and the area I usually hunt is right next to uh, a, a few reservoirs that I like to fish. And so I would always have my fly rods and be like, you know, early morning up there, you know, looking for game. And then uh, I'm going to go fish the afternoon, which turned into not making it back out to hunt. Um, and so fishing kind of took over. And so I would say of all the game I've smoked, fish would be the, the, the majority of what I've done. And that that's super easy on a, on a smoker. I think, uh, my wife actually hates trout, but when you smoke it, she will actually eat it um, and says it's good. Uh, but, you know, the way I do that is, of course, um, uh, once it's, you know, uh, gutted and prepped and I cut all the fins off, I actually will skin it, which actually lessens the amount of fish, fishy taste, in my opinion, my old neighbor who was in her you know late 80s taught me that trick and that's how she did it at a restaurant she worked at at a fishing lodge so that all the people liked it better uh, because you can make a super super fishy rainbow trout taste more like a cod which some you know some people like that yeah some people like that fishy taste um but when you when you smoke it i put a couple cubes of butter down i put that skinned fish with bone in like if it's a rainbow I'll put the bone, just leave the bone in the spine and uh, put it down with, uh, I'll season it with uh, a, a fishy uh, uh, seasoning. I like Traeger. Uh, it's fin and, fin and feather is really good. 
And then I'll put some butter on the inside, a couple butter on top. I just use like a, a piece of aluminum foil for my tray and just kind of fold the edges up. And then I just put it at uh, 200 degrees and I smoke it a little longer than what people say. Um, I basically wait until the tail starts to look charred. Like when it starts to borderline get burned. And then I know that it's going to be flaky and almost fall apart uh, in, you know, on your plate. And once I remove it, uh, while it's still hot, I basically pull the spine out, which gets, I don't know, 98% of the, you know, the bones out from the rib cages. So uh, it's super easy, but I'm not always a catch and release guy. No, that's the way to go. That's that's the better answer for uh, this podcast. We like, yeah. you know, yeah. we're fishermen, and uh, if we'd have had more than ten days and two inches of ice, I might have found myself out there trying for crappie and uh, maybe some walleye myself. Oh, crappie tacos! Oh my gosh, that's like one of my favorites. Oh, that's it's mm. the best. Perch Spring and crappie. crappie uh, when it's cold, oh, crappie's yes. tough to beat. We love it around here. Mm. I don't know if you, I. Utah, I don't know that area. Not not many crappie or tons of crappie in the it's, lakes. I mean, I'd... It, it's uh, you gotta really really work for the crappie here. Um, it uh, one of our local lakes has them, but it's one of those lakes that they say the mercury levels of all the fishes uh, do not eat. But the guys that you know say, hey, yeah, Perfect. man, go ahead. Go ahead and eat them. You know, it's funny as they're telling me, I'm like, why is your eye like looking out the one way and you're missing a whole bunch of teeth and you only have one finger or two fingers? You know, it's like usually a guy that I'm like, eh, I'm not going to eat the fish if you're recommending it. Yeah, but us, us you, like Erie fishermen are pretty, pretty mm-hmm. we've got a pretty good mercury tolerance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our local river puts out uh, PCBs and uh, we just now found out about this and uh my buddy says you only grow uh, glow green at night if you eat the fish out of there, so just <laughs> yeah. don't worry about it. You'll be all right. Uh, yeah, you guys get it. I just, uh, I, I've got other places to fish for them, but uh, most of them are out of state. And um, usually, I used to make trips ice fishing for them, but uh, the last two winters, sadly, I, I haven't even gotten my ice fishing gear out. Hell, we haven't had ice. Yeah. And that, we're actually facing that right now. I uh, A lot of the lakes I usually am ice fishing or open water right now, and I want to go up and see if I can catch channeling trout where I normally would in the fall or the spring, at ice, ice, right, right before ice on or right at ice off. I'd be curious to see where, they're, where the fish are at. Yeah, that'd be neat. That'd be a fun experiment. I got Yeah, it'd be, either be really fun or a total waste of time, but then I'd know. Now I got I have one last question for you. Uh this is Chris. Yep. Uh do you do any live fire cooking? Like I'm looking at a Santa Maria grill right now. Have you ever experimented experimented with those, played with those, cooked on them? I would I would get one. Um it's on my bucket list. Mine too. My wife my wife told me if I got another grill I'd have to find another place to live. Uh, yeah, Yoder, Yoder just made a new Santa Maria grill, and I got to tell you, that thing is hot sauce. Is it like my neighbor, yeah. Yoder? Or? <laughs> no, it's uh, Yoder Smokers. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, but the, the guys who sell them look like my neighbor. No, 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 no. They're no, not Jebediah Yoder. Okay. Yeah, not Jebediah it's Yoder. It's like Chris Yoder. <laughs> okay. Yeah, these are, uh, I, I don't know them, so I can't comment, but I imagine uh, they were beanies and scarves. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so I have several. Type? I have several friends that have them. I would totally recommend getting one. They are a lot of fun. The only difference is versus a pellet smoker. It's not a click and set. It's a you know you got to deal with your live fire. But once you get those levels figured out, yeah, it's just it's not that much more work. Yeah, and I'm a ceramic guy anyway, so I mean, it's... yeah. So you already understand the fire. It's just not going to have that retention of the heat like your ceramic would. Yeah, exactly. It's not convention. So, or but con- from, convection. From, yeah, from my understanding, if it's too hot, move it up. If it's too cool, move it down. Yeah, they they look awesome. They look like a ton of fun, but they also look very expensive. Yeah. So. uh I'll probably wait for a while to get one. Yeah, I, I have a buddy that just bought one, and he has been using it almost every night uh, for the last month, and he absolutely loves it and Damn. is trying to convince me to get one. Yeah, and there, there's it's, a couple out there. I mean, but that new Yoder one's five grand. Yeah, you're going to be uh, a company I've been looking at um, out of Texas. They're about uh, – with shipping because they they don't have you know stores everywhere it's about uh five to seven grand or four to seven grand depending on which options you want with it (laughs) yeah i mean i mean mark they've got fire brick in them and it's uh so this the santa maria grill (laughs) has explained it to mark you ain't selling me on no i'm not i'm not asking you to buy one but they've got a wheel that that moves the grate up and down that's the that's the premise behind them and you build a big like wood fire underneath they're cool but they're not worth five grand yeah it's fancy but to you me. can still well, cook on a fire without that <laughs> well the thing is is you have that you don't need a griddle and a smoker and a gas grill heck you can get rid of your kitchen because you can get all those accessories for it so it's a one-stop shop is it grill. pellet fed no it's it's wood i i think you can shove pellets in there they just might burn too quick yeah, I mean, most you guys... Go, you might go through, like, five bags instead of, you know, half a bag. Most guys I see start it with charcoal so and, an then we'll, chamber. and then we'll put... Uh, no, it's lo- it's it's open. It's completely open. It's big, like a... Big-ass grate over an open fire pit. Yeah. It's a huge pit it looks is like, what it is. It looks like one of those planter boxes oh, I've that's seen, raised off yeah, the ground. Yeah, I've seen... I know exactly yeah. now what you're saying. Them, these are five grand? Yeah. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Uh, no. wrong, we're in the wrong business. Wow. Yeah, you could probably um, build one cheaper with, out of like cinder blocks. Yeah, and just I know exactly what right you're talking. Thing. I've seen them now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could just kick some blocks off of, you know, build some cinder blocks and kick some blocks out of the way and pick them back up and put a, a grill on top. But it doesn't look as good. No, those things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't trust your food being cooked on that. I mean, but then again, like that's what they're doing down in like Argentina. I mean, it's a. Yeah, when I was just need a vertical spit. Yeah, when I was in Mexico, I mean, the, everything that we grilled was cinder blocks and bricks and cooked off a shopping cart. Yeah, well, no shopping carts. Like it, it looked <laughs> like it might have been once, but th- I think they took the time to cut the side we've, off. We've done a hell of <laughs> we've done a hell of a venison backstrap on cinder blocks in the grate before. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've cooked oh. a lot of chickens on on cinder blocks and grates. Well, hey, there's lots of ways to cook food. Um, hey, we've had you going for a little over, probably around an hour now. Anything you want to talk about that we haven't hit on tonight? 
No, you guys are awesome. Thanks for having me on. Oh, brother, oh. thanks for coming on. Yeah, so appreciate it. Fun to chat with you as always. Make sure to uh, you know hashtag SVS when you do this Super Bowl stuff. You know, I I, I mean you should have let us know what you're gonna cook, but and gave a, a little well, you clue. Just, but better, yeah, just come over. You know, like uh, yeah. just come over because that's uh, when I when I told my wife the idea. She's like, that's a lot of food. And I'm like, yeah, but it's gonna be epic. <laughs> let and the neighbors she's like, know. She's like, what are we gonna do with all that food? I'm like. I don't know. That's the problem. I I don't want to waste any food for a stupid piece of content, if that makes sense. Get a hold of your local VA. I bet there yeah. are. I bet there are some vets out there that'd really appreciate some. There you go. Some Super Bowl meals. Yeah. No. I uh. I think we'll be running uh, trays, cookie trays of uh, items around to the neighborhood. So nice, cool. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it will it will get it will get used and abused. Put them on your kid. Your kids use the bikes. It'll probably be even quicker. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'll for sure tag you guys. So, sounds Sweet. good, man. Hey, Thanks, if, if anybody else is going to see your stuff, where should they go to find it? Uh, I'm pretty much Sven Diesel on all of the platforms. I mean, uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok, uh, YouTube, Facebook. It's it's always just Sven Diesel. Luckily, I've been able to keep it the same, so it's easy. Nice. Awesome. Cool. We'll link that in the show notes, and uh, we appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Yep. Oh, man. The topic we just were talking about as as we come back, which uh, great guest. Thank you, Sven uh, Diesel. And uh, you, you, were, you went polar plunging. Yeah, I did a, I did a, a planned polar plunge for uh, a local organization. Uh, I went with my buddy Dave. With a Tenkara buddy. Yeah, he he is my Tenkara buddy. He's uh, the he's the one that's taking the heat on the show for the, yeah, hundred percent. Uh-huh. Yep, I wore uh, so he wore full lederhosen, uh, for the. Is that something you do when you Tenkara? You wear full lederhosen or no? There was a or what the what's a lederhosen? It was costumes, you know, wear a costume or dress up or something to okay. do this polar plunge. So I wore my kilt and uh, that's it. Nothing. Right, and he wore his leader. You're supposed to get a kilt. What? You can get a kilt. What? Did you yell freedom whenever you went in? No, I yelled. Jeez, <laughs> 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 oh, I because, bet you did. Because there was no adrenaline. There was no adrenaline. Like my boat wasn't floating away. I was literally purposefully yeah. walking into a 34 degree lake. Well, it's like, the thing is, yeah, it's a little cooler than it was then. Whole it, probably in your mind, you're like, well, this is way worse than the last time. Mark and Chad and I were in the middle. We 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 saw guys doing this in yeah. the trout in the trout creek. I and wasn't I mean, there for that. Yeah, it was me, you, and Chad. Remember, we stopped. No, it, no we literally. It was me, you, and Chad. We stopped. And we watched these guys take that polar plunge. And, oh, and yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know you were there. Yeah, that's right. It was right. definitely the three of us. Yeah, that was freaking cold oh that day, too. Oh, my God. Dude, like we had, snow I'm talking a... layers. Me and Mark had layers upon layers upon layers yeah. on in my raft. I mean, we're freezing our fucking sacks off, and these dudes start running down into the river. That's right. I remember all them guys come running down. <laughs> we're like, what's going on? Oh, and my like, God. Yeah. You're like, what just happened? Stampede. <laughs> it was like yeah. a pile of buffaloes. We, we anchored and literally watched. It was it was cold. The air wasn't bad. Like it was what, oh, yeah, like it was 40 nice day. something yesterday. It was it was fine. But uh going into the water it was it was cold. 
Oh. And he sends me a picture. He's like, this is a 10-car, buddy. So oh, it's a good weather for that, but tough day for a telescope and ride. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, dude, there was no telescoping. Turn, took At your Audi all. and turned it to an innie, huh? Well, why do you have two belly buttons, bro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we all we all came out of the water, and we went into the into the the restroom at the at the place there, and everybody's getting changed, and you could you could tell who was a Gen X and who was a millennial, and then further on because anybody born in the late seventies and early eighties was just dropping trow and changing right there oh yeah but, for but, sure but all these other the younger guys were all waiting to go into the bathroom stall so they could change in the stalls and one dude was like look man we just all came out of freezing cold water nobody's showing off just <laughs> and i was like look i just I tried mean, to people pee. were doing it it was like 150 oh wow and i was like i just tried to pee in the urinal, and, and and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't eject. How many of these <laughs> hundred and fifty idiots were women? Seven, maybe eight. Okay, okay. I was expecting zero, but no, there were there were a handful. Did you guys huh. at least give them the uh, changing thing first? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a men's and a women's, and, but it was it was hilarious. I mean, you looked around and you could tell everybody. Everybody who had to shower in gym class and everybody who didn't have to shower in gym class. Right? It was... Oh, yeah. We had to shower in gym class. A bunch of this. A bunch of this going on. I mean, as well, many sports as you played, like, or we, I played, you know, just growing up, like, that's what it was. So looking back, uh, I'm pretty sure my middle school gym coach was a, a pervert because he used to... His, his last name wasn't Sandusky, was it? He used to force us to shower, like force us he forced us and he would walk into the showers with us to make sure nobody was wearing like a swimming suit or underpants or anything you know it's weird i heard it from another generation about the same age as you uh from west middlesex yeah and looking back that's just not okay not now. <laughs> not now. I mean, I, I, I don't mean like showering. Not never. I mean, all right. Yeah, Jay's yeah. trying to like not say like, yeah, it really isn't then, but then, yeah, it kind of was. I'm just saying it was a different time. It was, but like the fact that he walked around to check everybody out and... Ma- a little weird. So what do you do? Like, oh, come no, up and be like, all right, Sims, lift them. No, but he just made sure nobody was wearing a towel or wearing you're shorts. You're fine with underwear. that, but you're bitching about Jim Harbaugh supposedly doing whatever with this kid to try to recruit him. Sleeping he was in a sleeping bunk. in a bunk bed with him. So he's like, okay, well, this guy's walking around checking a bunch of naked hey, kids in the shower. Oh, well, that's well, fine. I didn't <laughs> say it was fine. I just said it was a different time. I mean, <laughs> he, he was sleeping in the kid's bedroom, and, you know, this was like two years ago. Yeah, but anytime you got, got a 40 or 50-year-old man checking out CB. a <laughs> Twelve so we know old dudes. Looking back, maybe that maybe wasn't okay. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it was Harbaugh. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, he's going on to coach a stud. He'll be all right. Don't worry. I I remember the guy's name. It was not Harbaugh. I won't. <laughs> oh blow God, it won't or blow him up. But oh, jeez, you fellas. Uh, so oh, I did oh, you know, he might already be getting blown up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or down. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't feel good about that. No. <laughs> that was great. 
Okay, so we're going to get into my airing of grievances because that just went left real quick. Yeah, that, that shit got <laughs> that out of hand. That got really bad. Okay. Um, man, I texted you guys on Tuesday. Oh, boy. And I was, I mean, you I were, was fired up, man. You were hot. I was, I mean, I, I you could use every expletive that we have used on this podcast and... Just to the to the to the tenth, you know, and I was hanging out with Tim, you know, after work for a second, and uh, on my way home from work, this bridge went out locally, and we talked about it on the podcast. Uh, and it's my direct route to work, so now I have to go past Chad's house every day to get to work, and his roads getting torn up because of all the through traffic. That is connecting, you know, the different little towns to the main road that takes everybody out to the country. Well, I call Chad. I'm like, you know, it's Tuesday. We're having, we're going to have, you know, archery a little later. I'm like, hey, yo, what's up, man? Hey, like, what's up with your road? Why is it, you know, why is it going, why is it down? Because asshole through traffic or people trying to get to work like you. Blah, 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 you know, yeah, 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 and then click, hangs up <laughs> on me, and I'm like, oh, no, you did not, mother, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm, now I'm fucking, I'm pissed, dude, I'm pissed, I'm, dude. I'm, I'm ready to, I swear, if, if it would have been literally 30 minutes earlier that he did this, and I wasn't going to be late to archery if I didn't, you know, <laughs> go straight home and, and get my shower and get my shit on and go, and go, and Oh, I was like, dude, I was going to stop right in your front yard. We were going to fight right there. <laughs> we were going to set up a fucking camera, and me and you were going to fight in your front yard. No f- punches to the face, but wrestling <laughs> and, 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 and shenanigans right there. I, 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 wanted, I was going to punch you straight in the gut because I want to hurt your face. You know, We're friends. Dude, I got we to still ar- love each other. I but got to archery. And I walked straight up to Chad, and I was like, what did you do to him? <laughs> and he's like, what are you talking about? I went, you set him off for a second. And he's, he, I told him about it, and then he just started dying laughing. So <laughs> then Jay walked in, and then it was just game on from there. I mean, I knew I was seeing Chad later, and this is this is how... This is brotherly things that you do to a friend that is like a brother, you know? Did you Did you Jedi whip him? No, ah, uh, no, no. We didn't, there was no Jedi whipping. There was a lot of well, for me when I when I get mad at somebody, I I verbally let them have it, you know. Like, I believe I, I yell at him. <laughs> like, I'm gonna yell at him, and so you yell. No, exactly. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you know there are lots of uh, even expletives put through uh, text. You know, like I think it was even after we talked and hung out at. Um, uh, archery that you know what though I uh, we'll get into this real quick but uh, after that I, I mean send him middle finger emojis after he tried <laughs> saying you know he apologized and things of that nature so you know I was being so very very mature about it when you drive by his house at whatever 630 in the morning you just well, lay on the horn now I did some other things that uh, <laughs> don't say it out loud <laughs> yeah I probably shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're just gonna leave that there uh, the signs, the road signs, weren't they didn't look the same. So, All right. That was a good time. But, uh, yeah, hell with Chad. Uh, <laughs> I was with him all day yesterday pretty much, too, for a long time. And 
to hell with him still. We were still ball tapping and, you know, punching each other. And Was that his syrup setup? It isn't. No, we will get to that. But my other, uh, the fishing boat. Hey, PA Fishing Boat, Instagram, your, your post. Come on, people. Come on. I don't, I, I show the fish. The fish were great. But you don't have to say right in the thing. We were fishing right here. Oh, Jay, it's the PA Fishing Boat. I oh, get yeah. you. They're, they're, they're not going to. It's that's their Can't job. Can't you know better? No, I, I'm, I'm not going to give you that one. That's the fishing boat. They put them there so people go catch them. Yeah, they're going to say what they it is. They don't put them there. That's like a guy building a golf course and putting a picture of it and saying, check out the golf course. But he doesn't say what the freaking name of it is. Yeah, they're going to tell you where it is. That's, the, that's their water shithead. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Stupid. I don't. I don't think. I love it though. Fishing. I, I fucking hate it. It's great. No, I, I, I'm. I'm. You're good. Keep going with it. I love it. No, <laughs> if they if they did that with everybody's water, if if everybody's shit that they were they we do. Were if you out. go down through the page, every picture of it, uh, they do. But doesn't doesn't MRO do the same thing on the same body of water? Well, I don't think they say it. <laughs> I don't think they say it. And I don't like no, it. I, but I if you like watch them. the YouTube videos, the parking lot surely don't give it away. I yeah. know. I know. That's why, dude, yeah, you, like, you, think I get, I, you think about them being there either? I think I got like away? four or five screenshots from people. That, yeah, is this yours? Is this your area? Is that your truck in the background, yeah. Mark? <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, no, lesson learned on that. I'm. You have, yeah, to peel that sticker you have to peel that sticker <laughs> off. Take that sticker <laughs> off. That big ass, the big ass decal. Yeah, and I should have known better because magnet. I yeah, always, yeah, yeah, I after the it. white, the, the white and black truck because the racing stripe truck. I was like, that's it because I people would watch where I was going. I was like, screw that. I just went to a silver Tacoma, my like, incognito. And I get this truck and put a stupid sticker in the back of it, and boy, it backfired it on me. <laughs> Bad. Bad. It does look good though. It does look really good. It's like a real nice, like die cut one and yeah. everything my mom did. But it's like it looks perfect. Yeah. No. I say leave it. Deal. Deal with the shenanigans. It, it looks. It looks too good to remove. Yeah. I like you. Like I'm still finding dealer stickers on my truck. That I have to remove. There's one on the bed of my truck that was hidden in the corner that now I'm removing again. And then there was one in the windshield <laughs> built by the UAW. I don't give up. Keep your stickers off my windshield. Listen, when, when, you, when you buy that kind of pickup truck, it's going to have stickers. I don't want the stick. I paid to not have stickers on it. <laughs> They're proud uh, of that. I hate. I you, hate you it. Did, I you, hate you it. removed some fancy stickers. That was a nice Those carpet. Were not cheap stickers. Nice carpet yeah. hybrid, though. Dude, that fucking hybrid was huge. <laughs> but I don't. I don't like. I did keep. I kept the little ones. Nobody cares about your sweet Ford, all right? I wasn't. You were going on about stupid stickers on your Ford. Yeah, I don't like it. So, when speaking of stickers and decals, a listener, uh, Josh McElroy says, "Do we have any decals for sale and stickers?" And he has a question. On boat preference size when after musky. The bigger, the better for the watershed. Yeah, no, you go based off of, my opinion, two things. A, what can you afford? Sure. If you can afford whatever, go based off of the water you're in, yes. Because if it's equivalent to holding like a 16 or 17-foot boat, like where Chris is fishing, where I'm fishing, I'm not going to fish an 18-foot boat. Where he's fishing, I'm going to fish an 18-foot boat. So it's depending on the size of your water. 
If it's big water, go as big as you can go. If it's medium to small water, according. Yeah, I've got a I've got a twenty foot boat. Or uh, yeah, twenty. Yeah, and for lakes and big rivers, like if you're fishing the Susquehanna or the Allegheny or something of that size, uh, and and you can move a big boat up and down that water, whether it's a jet or whatever. <laughs> The bigger, the better. You're going to be seventeen, eighteen is kind of like a perfect size. Though. Yeah. If if I had to, if I didn't have three kids who are going to be monsters, uh, size wise, I would have bought the eighteen because I because I could, I think I could run the eighteen in places I can't run the twenty, and I know at least like two dozen people that put oars on their eighteens, and you could you can row it, and I w- I would do that. But you know I'm. I'm six four, uh, three hundred pounds. My wife's five foot eleven. <clears throat> My kids are going to be humongous human beings. I need that twenty footer to eventually accommodate them. Assuming I don't buy a river raptor, which is going to be a problem one day. That's your retirement present. You already told me that it is, but you got twenty years to go. Yeah, I want it before twenty years. If I could, uh, if I could do my boat purchase all over again i probably would have got a 17 foot myself i mean mine's 19 now and i mean don't get me wrong it's still does everything i need it to do but knowing whenever you buy a boat you're like oh yeah like not my instance is a little different than yours you're thinking about your kids i'm thinking about who i'm gonna have fishing with me on the boat and then you're like, oh, well, my buddy's gonna go my buddy's gonna go my buddy's gonna go you can find out really quick after you buy a boat mm-hmm. people don't don't go fishing no Everybody's yeah. gung ho until the, it's time. The other reason I got the twenty foot is because it would fit the one fifty one oh five. And I knew I wanted the biggest motor I could possibly put on that boat. And the eighteen footers would only do a ninety sixty five. Which is which is a fine motor for an eighteen footer, but you put five hundred pounds of people on there. Your whole shot's not what you you're know. And want if it you're if you're jet. if you're a guy who's owned a few boats before, and you have experience with boats, and backing in boats, and having a trailer, and having all these things, then go ahead and buy a great big boat. I, mean, yeah, I wouldn't suggest again, anybody who has no people too. I'm just saying, if you've never had a boat before, I wouldn't suggest unless you're going to do a lot of practicing with it before you go and look like a qualified captain and you know have to swim after your boat uh, with no clothes on uh, i mean you know you got to make sure you know what you're doing I, out here and I backed that you know, son I, of a I, bitch in perfectly though I, <laughs> so perfect I, I it floated to, away I do a dig at you. <laughs> but you know i mean no but i'm on all serious notes i you know what the hell you're doing i was just joking at oh, you i understand but um uh, on, uh, you should not just go buy something giant boat that you're driving around you don't know how to use so in that case, you know, don't go outside of how what you know how to use. To uh, be to be fair though, if you are going to learn how to back up a trailer, it is a little easier backing up a large trailer versus sure. a small one. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, but like you said though, make sure if you get like a nineteen twenty foot boat, you got a couple people. Doing one, it's a pain with a bigger boat. The yes. bigger the boat, it is a lot. Yeah, I fish alone a lot and it's it's tough on a twenty foot boat. Yeah, uh, self launching is you know it is what it well, is. I mean, there's even two if you you're do, on a tie, river and stuff What do you do, like tie it off to your kid when you're by yourself with a, with a life jacket on? So if it just goes out, he just kind of floats and no. swims back with a life jacket? Since it's a flat bottom, it's not a V. I just 
I pull it beach up. It. Yeah, I beach it. I pull it right up to the launch. There you go. And I go park my truck and jump in. That's a good idea. And then I kickstart it off the launch and away we go. Sweet. Boat. But you're right, Jim. The the bigger the trailer, the easier it is to learn. But when I bought my boat, I'm pretty good. I prior to that, I was pretty good at backing stuff in. I still took it to my local high school parking lot and figured out how to back it into a space. Because you know everything. You know the the longer the wheelbase, the the more it changes. So you want to get to the ramp knowing how to launch your boat and launching a jet versus launching a prop, completely different. And and what's even harder, launching the boat is easier. Trailering your boat is hard, especially if you're in a river running a jet because a jet doesn't move like a prop, right? Like you have to, if you're in moving current, trailering a jet, you have to be at at least half throttle to get that thing to even turn a little bit. So uh, that's not answering your question. What size boat should you get? Uh, How It depends on how big you are, what size water you're going to be fishing. But honestly, if you're going to fish rivers, get a jet. Really, really get a jet. If you're going to fish lakes, get a prop. It's another thing I wish I would have gotten as a jet because I – I'd enjoy a river a lot more than you can enjoy a lake. Don't get me wrong. I have some banger days on lakes, but. Yeah. It's and nice for musky fishing, especially. I would say even if you're going to look into the rafts, to have them raft-like marks that's a little bigger than mine. Because you're going to have to fit a little bit more. You're going to want a decent-sized net in there. Uh, I wouldn't even say my raft's adequate for musky fishing on a consistent basis. You can do it out of that raft, but. To have a little bit bigger raft like yours is probably even better. NRS raft. Yeah. I wouldn't even say that's adequate for consistent, but for uh, when you need it for certain areas and small spaces. Yeah. Sure. I'm yeah. saying it's better off than mine. Oh, yeah. If you can yeah. get the bigger raft, the more area, because you're going to want a good-sized net. And the, even to hold a good-sized net and to have guys casting around a longer net, something that's, you know... That just can get the. I mean, it's just so tough though because, like, I mean, myself, I've got two boats. I'm looking at buying another one. I've went through nine million ideas because there's so many different options we have. What, and it's like, well, where am I going to allocate my time? I'm not a jack of all. I don't like doing that. I like to master what I'm doing, and I like to hone to where I know every single little freaking thing that's going on. I don't like to have ten bought. I mean, I've got fifteen here that I can choose from. I don't want six or eight or ten. I want three or four. So I have my river conditions. If the rivers are blown, I have my lake. If I have a wind on this one, I have a lake to go. So I always have one condition, but I want to hone on them. But even with three or four, there's still five, six, seven, eight different options boat-wise I can think of I can use. Yeah. I mean, there's like everything has its purpose. And like the boat now that I like, I'm looking to try to get, I'm almost looking to try to get damn near everything in one without a jet. I don't want a jet. So what can I get a prop? What can I row? What can I have electronics in? What can I have trolling motor in that I can take on and off? What can I anchor if I need to, you know? So it's like, uh, it's trying to like, so then you can still get, but it's just, now if you've got like a couple lakes and that's all you're going to be fishing on, that's a completely different story. Then yeah. you're going to hone in on like a deep V. And if it's a big lake, go to an 18 or a 19 or a 20. If it's a small lake, 16 is going to be perfect or a 17, 16 and a half. And even our lakes, like you get around here, we have a lot of uh, oh, restrictions. Yeah, yeah, horsepower. 100%. So it's not really worth yeah, if you're, you're living in western get a Pennsylvania. Boat for it. You're going you're gonna to be rocking a 20 horse. And a mm-hmm. lot of the lakes that we have now is pretty much 
what everything is now. Almost all starting, nine nine yeah. for a couple of them way back, but I think they've changed everything to twenty horse. So <laughs> for us, it's like you're not gonna unless you're doing what Chris is doing, and there are a few restriction the free lakes that you know but you get and then you go in the summer times or even late seasons and early seasons like fall and spring there you're getting a lot of pleasure boaters guys doing a lot you know and then now you're only getting so many hours on those lakes so Mm -hmm. you know our 20 horse lakes are basically fishing lakes so and and that's i think that's better for us but again you're not gonna you're gonna buy a different you're gonna buy a different boat to yeah like but I, you need I, around you. I can't run my motor on any of the 20-horse lakes, which are pretty good. Yeah, a lot uh, of them are. I wish they would allow us to have, like, uh, an idle only, right? Like, no wake with, if you have a, if you have a motor bigger than 20-horse, idle only or 20-horse. Because that's why I upgraded to lithium-ion is some of those lakes I can run a trolling motor all day. Like, I can go five miles an hour. I think a lot of that, though, too, not only isn't just because of speed, it's also, and I, I could be completely wrong, but I think it also has to do with oil displacement based off of motor size because the bigger the motor, the more it puts out. So even while it's running, oh, it's yeah, more yeah. being put into the water, and the water in some of these is only 100 and some acres. So if you just constantly have oil, just keep pumping and pumping and pumping and pumping. There's only so much that's going to be taken out of it without it starting to turn the yeah, film in the back and the sides. And my, my motor is a 2020. Uh, a 1990 150 is going to dump a lot more oh, I'm sure oil even and a crap. And a, nine, d- a 1990 20 horse is going to for sure yeah. than a new well, 150 would. Yeah, exactly. And mine's a four-stroke, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I don't have to have mixed gas. Yeah. Did uh did you see uh the Amish's new constructions that they're liking with on the, the twin b- twin twenties? Oh my god, dude! dude there was I one w- with three of them on it, then three of them on the back, one two on the back, and one right in the middle, and they all went up and down at the same time. I remember sitting there one day and I'm like, man, that boat's humming. I'm like, it's a sixteen foot boat. Like, How is he going that fast for a sixteen foot boat? And I like stop cast. I'm just watching him. This dude just goes on cruise. Three people in the boat cruising by. Uh-huh. Twin 20s. I'm like, no way. I mean, he is full plane doing pushing 30 on a 20 horse lake Wait. with three people in a boat. Are like, you something's not right. To do it, that? It, it doesn't change the, the horsepower of the boat. It doesn't change it. I've I, now after that was the only that was the first time I've seen it. I bet I've seen four on that lake. Uh, I. I've never seen anyone. Wow! Ever, never seen it stop. I'm telling you, I've, I've seen, seen four different I've ones seen there. Twin three 20s. silver cows. Across the back of this boat. Like, it was a wide boat. Don't get me wrong. It had to be like an adventure series or something. Because, I mean, it was really wide. But it wasn't, like, super long. I mean, long. yeah, it does change the horsepower. It's a 60 horse. It doesn't change the fact that it's still A20. But, it's, it, I mean, I know it's a 20 horsepower restriction. Hey, but they, <coughs> If there's anybody who's going to find a way to bend the rules, I mean, is it it's going to be the Amish. Or the equivalent of, you know? So, I guess... I remember I, I just I remembered yeah. reading something on it and the way that like everything worked out to it, it didn't change the actual horsepower output of yeah, the ma- unit as a math- whole. Mathematically it does not change the how that does That's not That's why they're allowed the to get away power, with it. But it does change the displacement and the movement of water. Huh. So at max throttle, that each turbine is only going at twenty. Tops. It's like running batteries in series but instead you're of parallel. putting out three times the amount of output. Correct. Yeah. Well, we just figured it out. Well, hey, there's a t- there was a tying night. I totally messed up. I ended up making it. I I totally. Oh brain- yeah, thanks. All three of you. Babe. I brain farted uh, oh, on either. a couple I didn't things. Go. 
Claire had a Claire had an awful day, and the kids were fucking I monsters. A, I had day. a crippling headache, man. I just my, I had my temples pounding all day. Was it just you and Michael? Just so no, Michael yeah, wasn't there. You're hanging out with your vegan wife, having Derek and headaches. Andrew, John and uh, Murph came and. Uh, uh, oh, Diaz Rick and Murph Merc- came. Yeah, Rick That's from cool. Mercer. Yeah, we had some people there. Good. I like you I said. I just I don't know what happened. You forgot? Yeah, man. I, d- I and it, like if if Mark would have said, "Hey, sign that," like my dad and I my cousin you, yeah, and I would have went we right talked up. About it. I, I texted him, and I know, man. I my boss has been uh, out of uh, on vacation, so been I had to pay a lot more attention at work this week and take care of a lot of shit, and my mind just was not, you know, on 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 the fly fish anything. It wasn't on anything. I think everybody was, but me, I was tying just my normal stuff. Everybody was tying leggy boys. <laughs> Heck yeah. So that means we have to use something else this year. <laughs> yep, got to go back to something <laughs> else. Yeah, I, I missed it. Um, So you had the F3T as well. That was another event we had. Yeah, super successful this year. So thank everybody for coming. It was a, It was a great time. We had over 200 people there. We had a lot of really, really good prizes. Yeah, there's a lot of prizes. My dad won the walking staff, nice. which <laughs> at his age is pretty much perfect. <laughs> that yeah. was perfect. That worked out good. I won the 50-50. You did. <laughs> yeah, you did. I had Raz blow on my tickets while I had to go to the bathroom real quick. I don't huh. know. I you guys were in the way we back. Talk about yeah, that. yeah. You, you guys were in the way <laughs> no, back. No, 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 no. So <laughs> he was blowing on. Okay, I, so I, 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 we're I, calling I, it now. Tickets. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna call them tickets. But yeah, yeah. I, uh, I gave him my tickets. I said I'll be right back. I have to go to the bathroom, and I came back. And as I got back to my seat, he called the number, and he looked at the ticket, and he lifted his arm up in the air, and he went, "You won, Jimmy." He handed me my tickets back. That was a nice fifty-fifty too. Yeah. Hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. man. You, hey, dude. Hey, I'm a hundred air baby. You got to You're paying more of your way to the Muskie Classic. That, that's for that's free. all it went. It's all going right back into uh, Kentucky, man. Another good Jimmy news. Uh, so okay, getting into the F3T for a second and uh, wonderful event that Chris put on. I mean, the event was like he was talking about was just amazing. I had a great time. Um, what did you guys think of the videos? Better than last year, yes. not as good as last year. I thought they were better than last better year. Better as last year. Here's the thing. The videography was uh, exceptionally good. Yeah. Was I it. mean, looking at it from that way, it was good. My biggest thing is I'm so tired of the salt. Well, it's not I even wanna... just the salt. Well, the salt, it wasn't, I thought they did a lot more salt last year than they did this year. I thought they included brown trout and a few other things that were at least warm water. I would love to see him do musky or somebody do musky. Yeah, they need to do something other I than just trout. like this. I mean, and like Fly Lords obviously is one that does like a good job. And like if you watch like the like the Yeti and the Costa films, and I know that there's these guys are getting paid a lot to do that. That's why they do that. But just you've got exceptionally good videography, and that's kind of in my opinion where it stops. Like there is a story being told. The way that things can be narrated, a Let's maybe have someone do a better job narrating because the people that narrate them things are, no. It's just, it needs a little, they need more because we're just rinse and repeat the same thing that's been done for how many years? The same B-roll footage, the same clicky type of narrating overtones over it, the same type of story laid out. And it's like just, 
I mean, like the dude catches a 48-inch salmon and you have like four seconds of footage and about a half a second of him taking the fish halfway out of the water. You mean to tell me in a 48-inch salmon that you had 14 seconds of total footage of that fish there to show in that? You know? It's like, it's the way that just the stories are being done, I think, are getting worse. Except for Fly Lords does a great job. And like the one last year with a lady, the way that they were done, the way that they're told, the way that just the one sections roll into the next one and kind of like it's good B-roll and it isn't ripping line off of the reel or like sitting there under the reel while the spool shoots the line off of it in the sunlight. You know, it's like stuff I like really this. I kind of like that though. Well, yeah, and it's not like it's bad, but it's been done so many yeah. times. Do something new or don't do it. We just keep repeating the same thing over just to put the video out there. And now we're to the point, after 20 years of doing this, the video's phenomenal. The rest of it needs help. There's three of them that do a great job. The rest of them, here's what is done right, do a little better job. I sent that feedback in. They, they asked me what, what we thought and how it went. And I was like, look, everything went great. I was like, but uh, we need some more variation. You know, it's a, it's a lot of salt water, and I get a lot of your guys are salt water. I was like, but if you look at your first 10 tours, it's Montana, it's Utah, it's Seven, Colorado. 70 of them are out west. Yeah. Like, I got the thing sent to me, like, where I have to go to some of them. 72, I think, of the 86 stops were out west. And then there was, I think, 8 to 14 Midwest to east. Yeah. You're not even in salt water there. Literally, Colorado, Montana, Utah. Yep. So I said that. I said the the films, while they're beautiful, they're very repetitive. It's script A meets fish meets script B meets second fish, the end. Right? Uh, and the other thing I said was, you know, we'd really like to see some more non-sought-after fish, like smallmouth. And Murray caught harp, like the like the Dorado one, or the, the uh, peacock bass one off the bat. Yeah, that great, was great video. That oh, was yeah, one was, of the that was yeah, the best. Was, yeah, great was, job. The way that favorite. everything was done. That was a Rod Salas one. He always like on Instagram was phenomenal. That was done exceptionally well. Yep, you can do a trout one like that. You know, it's it's there. I don't. I think there needs to be a uh, somebody that is. In between the films, I always enjoyed Hank or um, it was the uh, last one. Ben. Ben Siddick did it the one year. Uh, I, I, I love that. Well, but then They're, you also, though, too, but the ownership then had involvement in that. You have, you're talking to different yeah, now. The, you have different the, people involved. So who that would sure. be, I don't know. Isn't it down towards Australia about the Aussie fly fisher guy? Yeah, it's Australia. Yeah, or Jocko Lucas. Have well, one of them guys. Yeah, want to do so, you know. We, but look up, look at the Aussie fly fisher guy that flies into everywhere. You mean to tell me that he didn't have? They had a great film last yeah. year. Yeah, they didn't have nothing this year. Or give me Aussie man reviews. Get me that guy to do to do oh in between. Oh my god, yeah. that would, would be, wouldn't he be great? Shoot, uh, who's that? <laughs> I, I feel yeah, like it would change like there. the whole demeanor <laughs> of it right there. Yeah, yeah right I love the mid part. But yeah. The, so I sent them a, lo a lot of critiques. I was like, look, I, this isn't me shitting on your film tour. This is me telling you what I think we as hardcore... We, we need to host the in-between films. That's East what Coast I'm saying. Fisherman. I would do it. Yeah, let's, let's go. The SVS crew wants to do this. We want to host the in-between mm. of all these videos. I just... 
Can I use like an avatar though? Because you don't want this face and no, we need our faces. These jiggly okay, mantids. I don't we, know about this. We idea. look like the real fly fishermen this of the sound world. Good. I don't know. I mean, it was like I said. It, it was it was good. But yeah. the problem, like, is, it was like everyone was like, by the time you got to two, three minutes in, you're like, all right, time for the next one. Yeah. But then none of them were keeping you, like, man, like, yeah, they, like, didn't keep you engaged. You like, were I remember, just, like, years ago, yeah. like, they would be, like, so suspenseful, like, you were in them, and it's like, man, like, yeah. it's, yeah. like Shh, it's over already. These yeah. ones, it's like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Like, uh, other than the first one, like, and uh, the salmon one was pretty good. Most of them, I was like, all right, let's. where's the next one? I ended up leaving the last two, and thank God I did, because I ended up getting food when it sold out. But I went over and sat at the bar and ate when the last two ran. Uh, and I didn't get to watch uh, Saturday night. because You know you I watched was, it prior, didn't you? Yeah, I watched it before. But I, I was sitting there on my couch like, all right, come on. Like, we got it. Let's, like, mm-hmm. next, next. Yeah. But uh, But outside of that, the expo beforehand was awesome. Super well attended. Like oh, you we did a great job. That, that's the first thing we said. Thank you. We opened up at one thirty, and there was a line out the door at one thirty to get in and get tickets. And yeah, it went it went great. We made a we made a fair amount of money for the nonprofit. It was awesome. I, I couldn't ask for a better event. And I, I imagine next year we're going to have it like a week or two later. So like the first or second week of February. Just because the F3T didn't have time to get us everything. Yeah. So if we can have a week or two later, we can advertise a little longer. We can get the posters out earlier. Uh, You know, the same amount of people would be great. More people would be even better. But it was awesome. And then the brewery afterwards was... A good time. Yeah, since it wasn't super late, it was was nice. I got them to to turn on the fires outside. And the... uh the music, live music. Yeah, that blues band was yeah, great. Yeah, scenery. Uh, there was actually, I felt like they were like a classic kind of rock music. They yeah, played they, a lot they of good both. oldies. They like being and, pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. And then and, uh, uh, the scenery was wonderful. Well, funny, Absolutely wonderful. Funny you mention that. I, I talked you out of going to talk to them. Uh, <laughs> and then later. say what you did. And then later on, uh, I was walking back and they were like, hey. Uh, will you take our picture? It's like, y- y- yes, I will. So I took the picture, like, hey, stay, stay and hang out and, and talk for a while. So like 10 minutes go by, and they own this beauty salon, and they're like, let's do shots. I'm like, I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> Great talking to you. Uh, going home. Toodles. Because I know how this ends. Uh, me driving home drunk instead of me driving home Sober. Not drunk. Oh, I, 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 I had a sober <laughs> driver, and uh, thank gosh, because you know me, I'm I'm going to indulge in everything as much as Zero I possibly can. Yeah. And you Irish goodbye. You were like, you're like, hey, I'm going to the bathroom, and I I saw you there, and you're like, all right, cool. Ghosted. It's peace. Gone. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> See ya. I ended up texting you like an hour later. I'm like, did you did you bolt the next morning? Yes. <laughs> 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 Looked at my sober driver. Was like, "Hey, you ready, man? Yeah, I'm ready, man. All right, let's go bounce. I'm gonna go home." Yeah, and those two guys that just moved uh, to Pittsburgh, I brought them over and introduced them to everybody. And 
Uh, Dave, Dave and his uh, girlfriend were there, or yeah. fiance, and yes, Jessica. Yeah, and she is she is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, she's great. Uh, she is. Uh, looks like uh, what was it? Re- no, uh, gosh, one of the actresses, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Yes, and just a real nice girl. Yeah, uh, super and Dave, nice. Again, Dave's an awesome guy, and he's uh, he's on the fly train. Dave That's is hundred percent on the fly train. He got himself fly rod. Wants to like uh, we talked about before. Wants to be a fly fisherman. So we're a good influence. We are. We're good influences on people. But it was a great time. Uh, come next year, if you didn't, if you weren't able to make it this year, especially anybody that lives, you know, just barely over into Ohio, it's awesome. It was. It was really a good time. I uh, I had a little bit of fun before that even. So I was gonna be in the area, and I thought everything was gonna be blown out. And I'm like, oh, Paige, is it even more? P- and PJ was just 110% positive energy. And he was like, well, yeah, Jay, we're going fishing. And he's like, what's the worst that I was? And then I talked to you, and you said, if it's blown out, just get a hold of you, and we can hang out. So I'm like, yeah, we're going to do it. Boy, the creek was just absolutely perfect. It was as perfect as I've ever seen it, and there were fish everywhere. Nice. Good. And uh, I fished the first hole, nothing for me, and then Peach threw one, two flies in there, and boom, big, big brookie come out, and uh, it was fun. From there on out, it was just all kinds of crazy fun. We, it was the best day I've ever had there. Awesome. Good. And we, I've caught, we've had days where we caught tons and tons. I mean, it was every. I was putting flies, just dropping little flies. I was using uh, a lot of different stuff. I used a ton of stuff um, from stone flies because there were stone flies like all over me, uh, little black stones uh, to just every kind of nymph you could think of, um, prince nymphs to uh, whatever, pheasant tails, hare's ears. Um, I got into using a, uh, a little worm. You know, not not like a squirmy wormy. Well, like a San Juan. Yeah, like a San Juan worm with a little tiny itty bitty bead head on it. And man, dude, it it on high little bit of high water. It it just it's it. And then after it uh, moved through a little bit of the day, they really started looking up, and we started oh, yeah, learning where the water f- warmed up. A yeah, little bit. we were learning where the fish were kind of sitting. They were sitting in the backs of the holes, and it was clear enough. Like I could see three. That I was fishing to, and we'd just stand far enough back and flick it above them and let it s- go right down to them. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Here it happens. It's about to happen. And then you'd actually like see them look at the dry, and they would go over and, and they would hit, you know, hit the nymph or hit the, you know, whatever I was fishing at the time. And so it was fun, you know, catching like three out of a hole because the, the water was just perfect. Nice. You weren't scaring anything. And, uh, a couple, you know, idiocy, you know, types of things. You just get excited. Uh, <laughs> one hit a dry fly. And, you know, first dry fly hit I had in a little while. And this thing goes <laughs> flying past me. <laughs> <laughs> and we were using nothing but barbless. So, you know, it just kind of, it, it hits the water and just pops off and it's fine. You know, it, was a, it, it didn't go out on the bank or anything. It wasn't too, too bad, but. PJ ended up doing that once too, accidentally on a dry hit. You know, just, you know, excites you. You haven't had it in a while, and you haven't oh seen yeah. it. And, you know, the, the the bad thing about it is, you know, you you give one like a little tiny hit, like you don't, you know, because you don't want to do that. 
Well, then it doesn't poke the fish enough, and the fish comes off. So next time you're like, well, I'm going to stick your little ass, you know, and then you give them a little bit of more, and, you know, the next thing you know, you know. Raccoon thing, food. Yeah, it takes slime <laughs> the air. Yeah, it takes the... But uh, it was awesome getting it. Just uh, drop them. It means it's time to start moving up the bigger fish, Jay. Oh, well, you That's know, I, w- I fish for lots of bigger fish, too, as well. But it is... I, I love the... I love the fun. I, I love the, even in the little places like that, having to fish the little different drifts and just break it down on a smaller level than if you were going to, you know, fish on a bigger water. You know, it's the same thing. You're breaking it down the same, but you're just breaking it down on such a much smaller level. It's fun. It's always fun to go walk through the woods, especially we're going to be in the area. So, yeah, let's go take a walk, Peach. Yep. I, I want to get out to the bigger creek. The bigger creek looked like it would have floated wonderfully Money. that day, and I'm like, yep. "Did we just walk down and, and fish the bigger creek?" And I don't. It, uh, I was torn. I don't know if it. You did the right thing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we would have been there forever. It'd been a great water to float, but hard water to walk. Yeah, we would have. It would. That's what we said. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, in good exactly shape, but it was said. ripping. Yeah, it was still That'd moving. Been perfect streamer water. Oh my god, I know. We passed over. And we're like perfect streamer water. Uh, we don't have the raft. We've got new payload for a rip there. Yeah, that we and it's coming up, so that should be fun. Uh, we have like a month, and then we'll have a month off, and then it'll be back on. So, looking forward to it. Looking forward to stripping streamers for bigger trouts, you know, in the, in the right conditions. If not, you know, it's musky fishing for the next yeah. little bit. So, so you heck yeah, you made some maple syrup yesterday. I did. I, I got out to make. Uh, I got out and got to ask questions and kind of get an, a little closer look at what it is to make maple syrup and why you're doing what you're doing. And like the timer is set up at three minutes so he could add more to the boiler. Feed the fire. Yeah. And we'll feed the fire and feed feed more sap into the the boiling spot i don't know you, you probably only in the technical terms i don't remember them all the evaporator there you go so you're running like a they had a pretty sophisticated setup there it was they would had like a pump that went in down into your your big tank that had all your sap or whatever you would call it um your sugar water <laughs> that came out of the tree sap sap okay your sap but it's like it's not like sap when you think of like pine sap correct it's like clear liquid. It looks like water. Yes, it's literally like clear liquid. And he had a pump that would pump it up into a reservoir above that, that now he could, you know, slowly add to the evaporator. Yep, that that top reservoir is called the warming pan. There you go. Well, th- So he had a section where he could, where he would run it down through, and it ran into the, eva- above the evaporator, through a coil to heat it up to heat it up before he added it actually to the evaporator pan right which i thought was pretty it, it was a pretty cool little and the, the best part was it was an upside down the the where they were empty the basically the funnel was an upside down iron city bottle nice so you know did you guys sure. draw off any syrup yesterday yeah like off the trees no, or uh, did you did you take it from oh, the evaporating yeah. pan into a bucket as syrup, maple syrup? Uh, I drank 
from what was happening at the time, you know, as it was getting closer. And my wife even later in the day. Now, you waited a little bit because, like, it's boiling hot. Yeah, he put it in a little thing. And he said, <laughs> him, and, him and his dad, it was me, him, uh, Jesse. It was actually a, a, a guy that uh, Mark grew up with uh, from Wilmington. So uh, it's in our local friend group, and he's really into that, obviously, because you don't have a setup like that unless you're into that shit big time. Right. He has 80 to 100 taps out, 80-some, I think. And, uh, yeah, it, it seems like a cool process. It's something that even as a kid, I always looked at and was like, man, that's fascinating. And I always had an interest in, like, how do you make maple syrup, real maple syrup? Not that, like, you know, like we talked about, that stuff's all corn syrup up the beer, you know, the Aunt Jemima or whatever you would call it. Um, well, I, I, uh, I'm going to need your help the next two weeks. Uh at our sugar shack. And our sugar shack's a little different. We have a 275-gallon tote that we keep outside, and then we we pump it into the, the shack itself and then run it through a reverse osmosis system. Okay, yes, yeah, so you're cutting a lot of your water out. 50% of the water. Yes. So where it takes 40 to 60 to 1, now we're dropping it down to 20 to 30 to 1. So then we... So the he said that he was gonna add one of those if he if he got any more taps. If he went over a hundred, he needs it at over fifty. He'll he'll save a lot of time. Uh, and I built mine. <coughs> I built mine for less than two hundred bucks. So we pump the fresh water outside, and then the sap goes into our warming pan, and we leave our warming pan open. So whatever we're boiling off, we leave our our warming pan open, constantly pouring the sap into the evaporator at the same level that we're boiling off so that we always keep a constant level in that evaporator pan. What kind of, uh, are you burning wood or are you burning? Wood. Wood? Yeah. What kind of wood? Oak, Oak. generally. Yeah. We, we we won't burn any softwoods because it's. He was burning pine. It's a. At a heavy, it, it wasn't even fire. like. Hell. He he was burning. Yeah, but he was so burning fast. He was burning hot as shit too. Yeah, and we burn hot as hell because we have we feed it every five minutes, uh, and 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 we've got uh, a fan that. Yes, so, he did too. Yep, yep. We, we had a squirrel cage underneath yes, that sir. that blows blows the air in, and it's mm -hmm. it's ripping. Uh, but we tapped today, and we tapped uh between fifty five and sixty buckets out. Uh, and we'll do another 10 or 20 next Saturday. But, I mean, we drilled a hole in the tree, and we couldn't get the tap in soon enough. You said, you, what what size did you just say you're using? Are you using, well, he was using like five, what is it, five sixteenths or? Yeah, pre pretty much five sixteenths tap. And then we use the five sixteen line. But we have eight foot lines. So we drill up as high as we can because after like five feet, it creates a natural vacuum. Mm-hmm. So that'll pull it into the buckets. But, I mean, it was flowing. There were some trees that we normally don't tap twice. They were big enough, but we just didn't. But today, with the amount of sap we were getting, we tapped everything. And we'll have to empty those buckets on Tuesday. So we'll go out Tuesday after work. Because if it flows tomorrow and Tuesday like it did today, every one of those buckets will be cold. Well, it's going to be colder colder at night but it's still going to yeah, be nice and sunny but it's going to be sunny slow it at night but it's going to be nice and sunny eat it back up again yep. at the day and that's it it's it's freezing nice it's a heck of a lot better sunny than days. having oh. 30 degrees and you know what 
yeah. whole way around right now. Yeah. Man, what I noticed today from that sun, man, is it getting closer. It's getting closer to this part of the earth every day, and it's nice. Today felt great under the sun. It'll, you know what, though? Better, it's it feels like it, but... Three weeks. We're going to get a little window, but it'll end yeah, up this something. Is, this oh, sure. Because you know deception. what the funny part is, though? It's like every year when you go back and you're like, oh, this is warm, or this is this, this is going to change this. The water temps, like going through my records, they're dang near the same every time, every year. Yep. It's crazy. Now, obviously, you have bumps now, but this bump's only going to bring that water temp from like 34 to 37, 8, give or take. Yeah. And oh, it's like, yeah. it's crazy, though. It's like then, you know, like when you're always looking for like, oh, it's a warm pink, 55 is going to come quick. And then you just wait and you wait. And then all of a sudden, it's like, boom, 55 gets here and it's gone. Yep. It's like a. Crazy how like things are like up and down, but I'm gonna be curious to see. Do we get this window out a while, or is it gonna cool back down again hard? So in a couple weeks, uh, we're gonna have a maple syrup talking extravagance on this podcast. Cool. Jesse wants to come on, hang out, talk some food, and talk some uh, maple syrup. So awesome. Uh, we're gonna I'm have in. him on, hang out. You know. Nice. He likes to hang out and have a couple uh, drinks and have a good time talking. So sweet, it should be fun. And I know you guys can like. Uh, we like can a, nerd like out. A, yeah, there's a two nineteen number that you gotta. You know, you're at two nineteen. You're not. You're not taking it at two eighteen. You, you know, and I, I learned a lot yesterday just sitting around with him and his dad, and they were geeking yeah. me out on it all. I, and I'm more than happy to sit and ask questions because you know me, I like to interview people. And and we're gonna have different temperatures too because you know my elevation is higher, so my boiling point is yes. different than his. He was talking about all that, and that's that's just cool stuff. That's that's interesting. So, Mark, before we get out of here, uh, we didn't haven't had a podcast last week. I don't know if we're doing one next week. I think we're all going to enjoy our Super Bowl parties, right? Yeah, I'm not yeah, going to be here. It's my yeah. son's birthday. Exactly. You're going to hear me scream yeah. at the so, top of my lungs uh, for uh, yeah, three that's hours. That's what I figured. No. I figured. Uh, we'll have my dad probably even invited me over for next week to have a Super Bowl party. I was like, eh, I'm probably, mm, no, I'm probably going to stay home. I should be in my basement. Yeah. yeah I, I hear my, my dad, we drug him out for the, when the Bengals were there, and he was he was very reluctant, reluctant to even come out because he would rather just yell at the TV by himself at his own house. Well, it's funny because my wife, I was like, well, we were over at Bruce and Patty's for the last one. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, well, the first one, the one before that, you also smashed her wedding picture off the wall. I was like, that's right. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I should be out. Yeah. Uh, no. Well, I'm going it's out to bit. Shane's house. He's smoking a bunch of food. Cool. So it should be good food and good good times and hanging out for Super Bowl. And, um, yeah. Well, who, so, Mark, are they going to win? Heck yeah, they're going to win. They're going to win? All right. I'm taking yeah. my I'm taking my homes. You know me. Uh, I took my. Ho- I think we were on the podcast from the last time. They how met. do How do I hope it goes? This oh, this is a lot different than the last one. Though. Oh, well, well, this well, isn't well, even. Well, well, well. Yeah, I, was just, I was just on the other side, and I said my homes. I know. I'm just saying. No, this is a lot different than the last one. How I'm hoping it's going to go is the Niners already had their buy lag, and the Chiefs start off without a little bit, and they put their foot down like they should. But Steve Wilk sucks, and our defense isn't built to run the way that he does it, and it's going to be a close game. It's going to end up coming down to us making an interception because that's just – he's not built to run our defense. Our defense is built to be ran how it was off of D'Amico and off of Sala. And it's front four with the two. That's why we run a 4-2. Sala from you guys too? Yeah. Oh, no shit. That's who we went from Sala to Ryan's. And that's huh. now – yeah. So having f- – so you went from a D-line guy to a linebacker guy to a secondary guy. 
And yeah, Ward has now a Pro Bowl, and he's the best year he's had, but our team's built in the front six, and our secondary's struggling because he's just trying to run our defense through it. It's going to be a tough game. I think they're going to win it probably by give it three or four. Oh, well, what's, what's going to be a close game? What is it? Oh, uh, yeah, pick a score. Yeah, man, come on, man. God, I want to see them hold them down, but I don't think they 24 17? No. 20. They better not get to 30. 28 24. 28 24 SF for Mark. All right. I hope it's like 41 17, though. 28 31, San Francisco. Do you have as good a 28? What'd you say? 28 31. San Francisco. Oh, okay. SF. I'm going. I'm going the other way around. Like I said, I I don't think that Kansas City's defense is going to actually let up more than 17 points. I'm going 24 17. Uh, Chiefs. Over over. Just 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 for the simple fact that I can't say that I want. The San Francisco no, 49ers. The, no, we beat the crap out of the Cowboys no, every time no, we play. No, hell no. I don't know. The hell with that. I, I just a, a Cowboy fan does not root for a Niner. And if we were in the same situation, he would say that he wants him to. Oh, I wouldn't be rooting for Dallas. No. Exactly. Even exactly. If, even if I thought Dallas was going to beat him, I'd still be picking. Uh, exactly. I, I, I was. I was. Don't root for Dallas, Eagles, and, and uh, Seahawks. So, uh, Jim. I, I don't care. You don't really even dude. know. Um, I'm not even going to watch he, it. You like Taylor care. Swift so much that you're going to oh, just. He's root tuning for in for right? Usher. He's got Usher. Oh, at half that's it, Usher. I ain't even going to watch it, probably. Well, you can at least come out and drink beers and uh, play pool. I can do that. All right, that sounds I good. Like, I like pool and beer. So. Uh, what's your what's your uh, what are you what are you picking scores? <sighs> I he'll be the closest. Again, I don't know. Seven come on, nothing. you know football. 30 to 17. There you go. There you go. Winning. Are you, are Kansas you City's going to fucking win. Okay, there you go. KC. I mean, have you Jim. watched TV? Jim doesn't uh, want Oh, road. I know. I, I understand. Jim's it. like, oh, wait, I got to get road down a river next time. Yeah, I better pick San Francisco. No, he said KC 30-17. If they beat you <laughs> guys 30-17, that's going to be bad. It's all it's all a script. It, oh, yeah, They're it's all scripted. Win. You're right. They're I absolutely agree. Got a little weird. I think they. I think they found out about. They everybody found out about the script with the. Uh, the well, su- what like really would have thrown it is if the Ravens and the Niners went and the Niners covered that game. Taylor that Swift would have been the kicker because of how bad they got the balls kicked off of them and how that season was going, and then all of a sudden you just get throttled like that. I was like, if they go with it and they both make the Super Bowl and the Niners turn around and cover this game, that's jacked up because you just don't lose games like that in December. Taylor Swift's going to break up with Kelsey right before it. And then San Francisco's going to win. There you go, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Jim's happy. If she even makes it there with her her jet not being there because of all the time lag, we'll see. Big, big stories. Who knows? You better be there, babe, or I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> oh, wow. Here we go. Hockey starts back up this week. Like I said, I used to have a tight <laughs> end. I did watch the All-Star game. Yeah? It wasn't eventful. No. They did go to shootouts, which was eventful, but the game itself, the three-on-three, wasn't like it. Yeah, I don't I don't watch the All-Star shenanigans because uh, you're not playing for real. Like you're playing, There was a right? million dollars on the line f- when they for the All-Star game. Yeah. Oh, I don't sure, know if that's per player or if that's... No, that's... Per team, up. but 
But you're not. You're Even not. Yeah, you could take all your not homies fighting, up. Fighting. You're not checking people. No. Well, because everybody knows that somebody gets hurt, and that's the same thing. Yeah, why it's the not N- hockey. That's the same thing. Why the NFLs is just atrocious now, and they don't even yeah. do it. Miss Sean Taylor taking Morstead off his feet. Yes, <laughs> and that doesn't happen anymore because <laughs> oh there God. are no Sean Taylors. All right. Hey, we we done everything. Yeah, um, we hey, could. If you didn't get in for the Muskie Classic, we're all gonna be there. It's gonna be awesome. The spread's gonna be awesome. Get in. It's tomorrow. Come on. Don't 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 back out. Don't worry about your wife saying. Just get your ass in there. We all want to see you there at the captain's meeting. Uh, get yep. your ass in. I had a listener message me uh, last week, and he's like, "Hey, my brother and I are in. We uh, this may be a mistake, but we're going." And I'm like. Right on, dude. That's what we're talking about. So, yep. hey, deadline's tomorrow. Get your money in. Uh, get all your stuff in. It's going to be an awesome time. We're really looking forward to it. Uh, I'm jumping in the jacuzzi naked, so you guys got to be ready for that. Why naked? I was just joking. I'm going to okay. take I was just, It was just a joke. I mean, come on. Well, I was just showing my enthusiasm. That's all I was trying to show is the enthusiasm for the time. You can do that with pants on. I don't know. It's a little <laughs> less of fun with your pants on. But uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to spending the time with you guys, Raz, and everybody down oh, there, man. My, uh, Justin, well, our team's going to win. Hell for certain going is going to win, man. Hell for certain. To the, ringers, to the winner's circle. Okay. All right. On that <laughs> note, we'll talk to you guys in two weeks. Sims Fishing, A-Rex Hooks, Cortland Lines, Yeti built for the wild. Friends of the show, Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis, Down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank, Chippewa River Custom Rods, Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance, and Muskie Fool. But before we go, I have to put a big thank you out to Rachel Ploss, our new uh, intro. I reached out to her, and she allowed us to use their song. The song is called Everything is All About You, featured on her self-titled album. Uh, Rachel Ploss. It's available on all the platforms, so check it out. It'll be in the show notes as well. I'm 100% certain she's not going to listen to this, but if she does, thank you. Appreciate it very much.